Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, hello and welcome to another classic episode of the A Winner Is You podcast. If this is your first time listening, think of us as your friendly neighbourhood video game boot club. And I can say that actually, like legit this time, and I'm not just speaking at my ass like it wasn't the previous podcast, next <laughs> podcast. We pick a game, then scurry off, play it before coming back together and have a deep dive discussion and talk ins, outs, ups and downs and hopefully offer some light entertainment along the way. Whether you've played the game alongside us in anticipation of the podcast, whether you've played the game before, or even if the game's nestled comfortably into your pile of shame, there will be something here for you. So be rest assured that we have you covered. The annual winner is you, Spooker, Spookerfest? Spooktoberfest <laughs> is now in full swing. And I may say this every week, but this week I mean it. We have a very special game for you today. In anticipation for the imminent arrival of Alan Wake 2, we have been busy beavering away in the background playing the wonderful Alan Wake Originally released all the way back in 2010 before a remaster, which is the version Alex and I played hitting stores in October 2021. While that sinks in so you can match your accent to podcaster, my name continues hmm. to be David and sitting 83 and 70 miles, 83 and 79 miles across from me, sorry, is Mr. Alex Aldridge. How are you doing today, buddy? Guess what I did at work today? You'll never guess. But try it yourself. Guess. No, that's that's an easy thing to guess. That's two in my wheelhouse. You can't guess things like that. It's far too... Oh, does this mean you've done something out of your wheelhouse? Yeah, I think so. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, was, I was made to do it by the by the college with a group of other people. You were made to do something with yeah. the college, with a group of other people? By, by the college, yeah. The college wanted it to be partaken like of. A group photo? No, well, I think I may have been in a photo, but you will never guess, as I said, so I will tell you. I put out several fires. Oh, did you get to do like a fire extinguisher course? That I sounds bloody fun. well and did. You actually got to use one. Yeah, I used, used three, one man. Life. Amazing. Yeah. The first one yeah, was great CO2. Fun. Uh, well, actually, what was really funny is um, they had like these two blokes there. One guy was like proper old and... Um, they have like this sort of, it's almost like a weird like burger van um, where it's got like this metal thing at the back and it's got like what looks to be like a TV screen and it's got something else that looks like a bin. Um, they also had like a chip pan with them and like loads of other stuff. But like, <laughs> it, so you got this old guy there, he's giving, giving us the talk and then he had this like assistant who may have been his son, but he was still quite old, who, bless his heart, didn't look the, you know, the sharpest knife in the drawer. And he reminded me, and his job was to turn the fires on and off. And it just reminded me of that episode of The Simpsons where they move away from Springfield because Homer gets that job and Bart gets put down in the in the remedial class and he's got that kid who says, I start fires! And I just thought, that's that guy's <laughs> life. But then that's I wasn't what he went laughing. on to do. Yeah. Afterwards, he came up to me because I had a hoodie on today and he came up to me and was like, so you like AEW, do you? And I was like, yes, do you? Yeah. Like, I do, yeah. But I prefer the attitude era when it was more hardcore. It's like, ah. Oh. See, I've been harsh in my mind about you, thinking that you're a simpler man you're who just starts right. fires. But you and I are about in you know the same intellectual level for our yeah. media entertainment at least. So shut my mouth. But yeah, I had a go at a phone one. That was cool because I had to walk in like really close. Then I had like some sort of spray water one where I had to fire it at a bin. And then what was the other one that I did? Did I say phone one? 
You've done. You said CO two. CO two. Yeah. Then, then, spray, yeah, yeah. then a foam one where you had to like spray a blanket of foam across stuff. And I had a go with a um, a fire blanket that I don't know if I did correctly because it felt like the fire like came quite close to my face. And then the guy kept asking me if I was all right, and I was like, "Why are my eyebrows gone or something? What? Why would I not be all right? <laughs> I feel fine." <laughs> so yeah, that was. Why am I not fine? What a sick way to start the day. I completely forgot about it as well. I was almost late because I was just chatting to somebody and then went to go get a coffee and my boss messaged me like, fire extinguisher draining? So I had to like leg it. It was right the other end of the college as well. It's like a proper 10 minute sprint. Yeah. But worth So you're it. sweating for 15 minutes afterwards. Uh, well, and then that was around fire. Straight so that into didn't the fire. make it any easier. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they had this other bit where they... Uh, I can't remember what fire they were trying to simulate. It might have been a chip fire, but it might be something else. But he basically was, you know, giving it the whole, here's what happens if you put water on it. And he put water on it. It just went, wow. Oh, that's fun. But yeah, I've never used a fire extinguisher either. The first one, the CO2 one, he was like, don't hold the nozzle or you'll fucking like freeze your hand to it. And you'll have to like rip it off and your skin will come off. So don't do that. So I did not do that. Yeah. Great fun. Really good. I didn't fun. know that was. I didn't know that was a thing. So my fire extinguisher courses yeah. at my work is watch a PowerPoint, then click. It's, it's like a hazard perception test that you do when you pass your driving. Click the fire hazard. What fire extinguisher should you use with an yeah. electrical fire? The blue one. Yeah, great fun. No one remembers that. <laughs> I ain't going to forget this now. Yeah, that's as long great. As I shall live. That's awesome. That what gave a me a little flashback when I was in like early primary school. They had a sort of port a cabin on wheels that they drove into the playground and they filled it with fake smoke and stuck you inside it and you had to like crawl out of it that's that's my highlight of being a kid it was like you know like the fake smoke you get at um gigs and stuff like that yeah it was like filled with that actually now i think about it probably not great to fill that with a room and stick some children in to breathe it all in what was the what was the what was the the end goal for that was it to teach you how to escape a Burning building or something? Burning or building, yeah. Basically just to teach you to crawl on the ground if your house is on fire, I think was the... Wow. It's, it's what I've taken away from that. Hey, you must have been in the in the school system when Dunblane kicked off, right? I don't know why that's come yeah. to, head, to mind. Yeah, I was in primary school when that kicked it's off. quite far from you, though, is it? Or were you in Edinburgh Yeah, yeah, Dunblane's way, way a couple hours away from me. Yeah. Andy that's... Murray went to Dunblane. Yeah, he did. He did. So was your school, did you, what did your school do? Because I remember mine, we had a, like an assembly about it and they told us like all these stories about what to do if a gunman entered the school. Like when I was, what year was that? Wow. It must have been like six, seven. Yeah, because, uh, yeah, Absolutely that's right. Because frightened the fuck out of me. They weren't sure quite at the time whether it was part of a bigger thing or if it was just like an isolated, Yeah, if this was an isolated incident. Yeah, I've, I've got a vague memory of there being a, an assembly, but I just don't remember. I don't remember. Mm. Mad, an absolutely mad time. And that yeah. that one wasn't even mad enough to have Paul Gascoigne coming out there with, what did he come out with? Like a chicken or something. <laughs> yeah, some chicken or like a fishing rod or something in his yeah. pyjamas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Christ almighty. Sorry if anyone was affected by Dunblade for bringing that up randomly in an Alan Wake podcast. Yeah, you, you wouldn't have been expecting that. No, <laughs> that trauma you thought was miles away when you looked at the episode title. Alan Wake, that'll have nothing to do with my childhood trauma. <laughs> it's safe. Yeah, if Andy Murray's listening, I've completely ruined the experience for him. Sorry, Andy. 
But then we would never know if it was Rune or not because he is emotionless to the core. Mm. So don't worry about it. A stoic Scotsman through and through. Stoic Scotsman. We've got some Alan Wake to talk about today, Alex. We, we bloody well do. We recorded a podcast yesterday, so there's probably nothing else to fill you in on that's happened in my life since then. <laughs> since yesterday, nope. Apart from your Phyrex initial course, which was pretty good. Yeah, which was pretty significant. I did not expect to have something as interesting to talk about as that from one day to the next. Life's no, just a, no, a roller coaster, isn't it? The one that you'll have tomorrow that you've forgotten about. Maybe they'll set yeah. you on fire and teach you about stop, drop and roll. <laughs> or yeah or then maybe that van you know the smoke van will come to, to yeah or the smoke van will come yeah try to think of other things you get when you're kids oh the, there's that that little kids book you maybe didn't get it but it was like some squirrel and it was teaching you about the green cross code and it was like had a song that I've totally forgotten it was like stop look and listen so maybe they'll just take you to I the I remember motorway. stop look and listen I do remember <laughs> that teach actually you, <laughs> teach you across the road and just fire cars at you at like 100 miles an hour like in Alan Wake yes I did I spent a lot of time getting like it's actually a bit of a surprise my Alan Wake's still alive because he got hit on the head with massive train cogs I, mine got definitely frequently. got hit with a, a deer float for deer yeah. that's for sure <laughs> oh yeah yeah shook it off just a, just a bruise <laughs> that is my his, yeah like it's weird because if you get if you get stabbed or axed by blokes it goes down quite quickly but can absolutely yeah. take a tractor to the face and keep walking you can take a tractor to the face keep going but you're you're yeah. right like there are a couple of occasions especially in the dlc where like things just compound and you just get hit and then when you get hit it's like the floodgates are open you're dead like there's like at least twice yeah. i was playing today on the second dlc mm-hmm. and i got hit once and that was it game over because it just Stunlocks set off, a cas- yeah. Stunlocked yeah. can set off a cascade of getting smashed in the face over and over again by some large man with an axe. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of shanky blokes as well in the DLCs mm-hmm. who just love like three swipes of it or whatever. They're like Roberto <laughs> from Futurama. Um, did you finish that? You finished the second DLC? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Finished cool. it. Finished it just before I went off to the gym. Well played. Well, so now we know the whole. I mean, what my plan is was originally to like maybe look into the meaning behind the story and how it's connected to the wider remedy universe. Yeah, I think I but need I, some of that. Oh, okay. Well, you're not going to get it because <laughs> I feel like that's something that'd be more useful in the Alan Wake Two episode because I think we'll know okay. more from that. And I completely forgot that Control, which I don't know if you're going to have time to play anything like that, but. Um, Control had that DLC with Alan Wake in it, didn't it? No, no idea. I totally forgot about that, and therefore I feel control. slightly... He's in the DLC of it, anyway. So, well, for to sort of a brief overview, because I do have some of that. Because um, they basically didn't control sort of give them a window into, like, arguably, basically, connecting all their games and universe that they've ever made. <laughs> Remedy the the remedy connected universe. So they were already wherever I found this. I think it was, um, oh my god, what's the website that's kind of got like a robot icon? Destructoid. Destructoid. Um, they kept calling it the RCU, which made me a little bit sick in my mouth. I don't know why everything yeah. has to be that. Um, but I suppose technically, if you if you count like Gears Intel and Video Game Hall of Fame, we've got an AWIYCU. So there you go. A winner is you connected you. Universe. Yes. They were saying that 
it consists only of IPs owned by Remedy. Okay. So not through any real like creative makeup or it's just business. Um that Alan Wake is not in sorry, uh Max Payne is not in the RCU. Is he owned by Rockstar these days? Yes, yes. And Quantum Break isn't either. I don't know why that's is that the case. Microsoft owned? Maybe. Yeah. Because that was part of when they did the Microsoft set up that TV studio. Remember yeah. when they were trying to make their console in a set-top box? That's right. Yeah, I'm really glad that that's not part of the RCU because then I have no inclination to ever try playing it again because I really didn't enjoy what I played of it. Actually, I did, just didn't enjoy the TV show. Yeah, if I haven't played it at all, but I strongly suspect that I am an Alex in th- interested in playing it away from wanting to play it, if that makes sense. So it's probably yeah. best for the best that you're not interested. Yeah, I mean, Remedy are awesome. So um, yeah, I may, I may go down that train one day. I think it's one of those ones that people have like, re- like revisionist said is great, even though at the time... Maybe we're going to have to do slowly make our way through all the Remedy games and then there's a video game... Li- there's a There's a list episode in where we rank all remedies all well, remedies be games because by the end of this year we'll have done uh, we'll have done uh, max Payne and alan wake 2 so yes. oh max Payne 3 though i really don't like max Payne 3 that's another one though that's been retrospectively I liked. Think it is. like i yeah. remember it being sort of mediocrely getting a mediocre reception yeah and i've heard numerous times about talk people talking about how much they like it recently mm. well it is it is backwards compatible so there is that but i was always doing my sorry wait to sorry i'll let you finish your thought and then oh I'll... what i was just about to say is uh, alex casey you know the 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 character in alan wake's books that he's previously known for before he writes the horror story of this actual game yeah uh, he is apparently influenced inspired by max Payne. that's supposedly max Payne inspired literature and he's apparently uh. Uh, Alex Casey, who is going to be voiced by uh, James McCaffrey, who is the the voice of Max Payne and Thomas Zane in this game, uh, is apparently going to be quite a central character in Alan Wake Two, which is again why I, right, I would okay. rather I'd rather come to this at that yeah. point. Right? Okay, I am interested to do that because um, Max Payne always strikes me as what the Punisher would have been like if the Punisher was a bit more into drugs and lazy. Basically, yeah. family gets killed and goes on a bit of a crusade to get revenge. But that's what happens to the Punisher as well, isn't it? His family get killed, right? Yeah, except the Punisher is very motivated and he sort of goes mm. full blown lunatic and hunts them down. Whereas I feel like Max Payne just sort of takes painkillers for a bit and then sort of stumbles into fixing it. <laughs> from what I remember, <laughs> that's true. I don't know if the Punisher can effectively slow down time while he aims his gun, though. That's true. Potent- that, by the way. The that X, original Xbox era Punisher game, one of the best seven out of ten video games ever made. Oh, okay. fucking awesome! Really violent as well. Has like a um, like a mechanic in it where you have to interrogate people, and it'll just be like you press X to slam a guy's head into like a toilet bowl, and if he doesn't like he doesn't um, give up, you press it again. Do you remember? Bat- did Batman Arkham Knight not try something similar? Where you crush I think someone's it did. head under it did. the wheels of the Batmobile. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're right <laughs> but oh, there was a good use for that shitty tank after all it was <laughs> yeah shaving a guy's cheekbone off with his wheels yeah but um, yeah the punisher as, a, as i was doing my 
sort of daily news trawl that I want to do. I've discovered, and I thought it was relevant for this podcast, you can relive the events of Alan Wake in Fortnite. Oh, he's been in Fortnite. Is he in there now? Is he the current thing? So they have no... uh, Okay, let me me give give you a quick rundown of this news story. Um, Okay. Remedy Entertainment is releasing Alan Wake 2 next week on October the 27th. Blah, blah, blah. There's still plenty. Blah, 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 blah. October stacked month and time is not on your side. Alan Wake flashback might help you though as it's a new unreal editor on your unreal editor for fortnite unreal editor for fortnite that's that was hard to say apologies experience that gives players the chance to relive the mysteries and the events of the first Al- alan wake albeit in a much shorter and more streamlined fashion epic games say Alan Wake flashback is based on the first Alan Wake game and reimagines Remedy's 2010 action thriller in Fortnite. Troubled author then gives you a bit about him, press release reads. Following her mysterious disappearance from the Pacific Northwest town of Bright Falls, he uncovers pages of a horror story he has been supposedly written and has no memory of. Um, if you're familiar with the first Alan Wake, you can probably see that the Fortnite experience aims to be a speedy way to get a somewhat caught up on the series before the release of Alan Wake 2 next week. Instead of, you know, the actual fucking game. Instead of the actual game. How weird is that? If that is not just, like, a signifier of the Fortnite generation of gamers and their yeah. impatience and ADHD, that's it right there. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is madness. Play Alan Wake in not Alan Wake. Alex, what you need to do is you have four minutes and then... What we've, you can you've got what you've got to do is explain the <laughs> the plot to Alan Wake in four minutes, and then what I'll do is I will cut that and I'll set it to four times speed, and then so it lasts a minute, and then we can stick it on TikTok and make a million quid. <laughs> yeah, there we go. That would do it perfectly. <laughs> we'll have a go each, shall we? I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah, set okay. A, I'm set a stopwatch for a minute. Okay. While while you're doing that, I I do want to say I did want to say. Right, you hold your stopwatch up to the screen so I can see yours. That's probably that easier. I would like to live in a town that you've got to take a boat to get to. Yep. You almost did, didn't you? Well, I mean, Gurdon was... I mean, Gurdon's right. pretty isolated, yeah. You had a, a harbour right out your window. Yeah. Uh, wow. I, I wish I still lived in that, that village, man. So good. Um, How do I get to my stopwatch? Here we go. Right, timer. Nope, stopwatch. Are you ready? I think so. Ding, ding. Right. Three, two, one, go. Uh, Alan Wake is a writer who has writer's block. So he goes on holiday to a weird town in Washington with his wife that he thinks is a holiday, but she's actually tricking him to try and get better at writing. He goes to get a key to a cabin, but a weird spooky old lady gives him the key. And then when he goes to the cabin, his wife freaks out. It goes really dark. She falls in the lake. He goes to look for her in the lake, but... Later on, the lake's not there when he goes with a policewoman. Um, his agent gets really worried about him, so he comes to the town to help him out, and he goes around with his agent, and he finds out that he's actually writing a story himself. And um, the story is uh, the reason that everything is happening, because the lake has magical powers, and also the dark. The powers are the darkness, and the darkness is in the body of an old woman who is married to an old poet who helps Alan Wake by showing him lights everywhere. Eventually, Alan Wake finds his way to a well-lit room that has a clicker in it that he had when he was a child, but not really. So then he goes to get that clicker. He goes to find the old spooky lady 
stabs her in the non-heart with it, turns the clicker on, she dies, and then he dives back into the lake to save his wife, and he's gone. <laughs> yeah, I think you've nailed that. That's fucking... <laughs> this has been a winner well as you, and I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I really lost my way midway through there. I just thought there's something I've missed in the, in this middle of the sandwich, but there we go. There's also several things Alan Wake has missed, I think, in the middle of his own sandwich, so... Yeah, I think that's that's in keeping with the. Whew. Yeah, that was that was really impressive. Well done, Alex. I'm very impressed. Is there, is there anything you think you could surmise the plot of in a minute? Because I feel like if you do Alan Wake again, it's just going to be what I just said. Yeah, I just copy what you said. Um, what did we play before that? Maybe I have to do. Maybe my job is I've got to do Alan Wake too when that comes out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've let's got to do, do that. that in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because if we said you do it for Mario Wonder, I mean, you could do it in 10 seconds. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Maybe we should uh, sprout this on KDB next time we do a Gears podcast, right? Explain the story of this Gears game in a minute. Go. Yeah. And see if you can handle it. You know he'd put that everywhere as well after that. Yeah. <laughs> and it has to be one it, he's not playing. He's probably listening, so he will. Um... <laughs> he's going to write a script for every game. He'll be ready. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Oh, what. What a fu- I think I said this to you off. Uh, I definitely said this to you off air. Um, enjoyed this more this time than I did the first time around. Yes, hundred percent, hundred percent with you in that. I remember playing it the first time and thinking this was a cool f- game. I have no idea what the hell is going on, but it was fun and atmospheric. And then yeah. I just sort of moved on with my life. This time, actually, this is a really good game, man. Yeah. <laughs> a really, really good game. The story is pretty well written. It is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I said to you, I don't particularly like Alan Wake, and I don't particularly like his wife. But mm-hmm. I actually think the, the unlikable parts of Alan Wake is, are maybe deliberate. Um, so yeah. I don't feel so bad about He's supposed to be in a bad place, him. isn't he, I think, yeah. at this point. Um, so, yeah. Oh, but yeah, like Bright Falls is such a cool town. Brilliant. The the way they sort of like tease the start of it, and I I am sure I was picking up on things like, so I was immediately aware, and that's why I was asking. I, I think I asked you at some point, is this a remaster or a remake? During a chat we were having, mm. and it was because like like so right at the beginning where you go to pick up the keys for the cabin, and what's his name it begins with an S, doesn't it? Uh, Stucky, the Stucky, yeah. Um, he's not there, and so you go through the back to try and find him. And you encounter the old lady that gives you the keys to her cabin, and as you leave, Stucky runs out, going, "You forgot your keys." I clicked right away that they had got keys to the wrong cabin. I did mm. definitely did not do that the first time around. I wonder where they were actually supposed to be staying. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. So, like, so they went to stay because that's why the place disappeared. I guess, but because he... it was obviously linked, because it wasn't Stucky's. But then Stucky's, like, in episode one quite a lot, has been a possessed he smoke is, guy. Yeah. But also, is the cabin an illusion all the time? Because the, the, the volcanic event that sunk the cabin to the bottom of the lake, Cauldron Lake, was written in a poem by Thomas Zane after to try and contain the darkness. Hmm... Because then he he basically wrote himself that diving suit so that he could sort of stay down there or something, or maybe we wrote that. I don't. I don't know. 
I don't the me- know. The meaning of this game may be clearer after we've done two, so we'll, we'll yes. come back to I, things like that. Yeah, I think on. I think this is useful, but it's also kind of going to be fun and interesting trying to tease it apart because I think I, I in much the way that. I'm not going to call this high art, but like art is interesting in that like there's many layers to it. I think you could create a pretty compelling narrative to say that nothing that happens in Alan Wake is actually happening and it's all in his head. Like the way that Barry appears out of nowhere yeah. time and time and time again. Like I, I was convinced for the most of the game that he wasn't actually there and that he was in because the especially the, the bit where you're in the psychiatrist's sort of retreat. You just walk into a room and he's standing there waiting yeah. for you. Yeah. And I was just like, he's not actually real, is he? But then the policewoman speaks to him directly. Yeah. She makes on him several the occasions. Later, so I was like, yeah. okay, well, he must be real then. Mm. Um, but then, yeah, which makes me think the whole thing is perhaps happening in his head. Because just the, the way that Barry goes around and sort of finds himself in places and stuff like that, and like he is present but never really directly, other than when the policewoman speaks to him directly, including the narrative. Even like when he's in prison, that you wake up and you're like, oh, we're in prison now, are we? And it just, just like Alan Wake has been taken to prison, and it's just like Barry is almost a figment of his imagination. Yeah. But yeah. then there's the odd thing that happens that you're like, oh, no, he's not. But then it makes sense if everything is happening in Alan Wake's head, which the DLC maybe alludes to ever so slightly. Uh, uh, yeah, it certainly alludes to the fact that uh, he is still in the dark place and in control of it mm. through his writing because the dark place has a power that makes literary fiction come true. Um, which he's he's in, in Alan Wake 2, right? Because that's the, the sort of US... The, the, the key gameplay loop is you play an FBI agent and Alan Wake and you can switch between the two yes. almost at will. And Alan is in the dark place and the FBI agent seems to be in the real world. Well, yeah, and I assume based on the ending of the DLC, the second DLC writer, where Alan begins to write the book Return, which is supposedly his way of which is escaping. That, oh, and that's Alan Wake too. I'm assuming so. Yeah. Shit, yeah. I'd like yeah, it if it shows. was. I'd yeah. like it if that's how it goes. Because he's writing his re- his return. Because apparently his his difficulty to escape the dark place was centered around his fear of it, which is manifested in the the like the the emotional wreck of Alan Wake that he finds on the floor in the cabin, and he has to like touch him, doesn't he? And then they sort of merge together. So that's kind of how he controls yeah. the darkness at that point. But um, I'm assuming are that you, has to be it. How he, how are he you out. able to explain Scratch to me? Because I no. couldn't quite get my head around him. Is he like the physical manifestation that's in a mental home in the real world of Alan Wake? He's definitely another version of Alan. Um, because I, th- I didn't properly that, look into it. I did. Well, see the other thing that confused about it, me but, about him is when you first meet Scratch and you're told that he's who he is. Mm. he's got a plaster on his head and the real mm-hmm. Alan Wake doesn't. Mm-hmm. You start off as Alan Wake with a plaster on his head. So are you Scratch when he's in the wakes up after the car crash? Would you like me to... Because I did find a video about it. I don't think it'll take very long. I can quickly yeah. watch, see what it says, and then I can try and explain what's going on. All right, okay, hang on. So it says... He's saying here that he's, Mr. Scratch was born out of his arrival and disappearance in Bright Falls... And he's like a. Alan wrote something. I don't know where this is written, but he says um, 
He's every mean-spirited tabloid story about me, an evil caricature, a creature formed in the vague territory of misconceptions, half-truths, and the dark imagination of people who heard a story about me, an urban legend made flesh, a serial killer. So this is apparently sort of linked to where people were talking about Alan Wake having drinking problems and um, attacking the media, like similar to the... You know, you said that you didn't like Alan Wake on the TV talk show. There's, yeah, so this guy seems to be suggesting like, that's Mr. Scratch. So I'm, so, yeah, okay. So when I said, so we were we chatting earlier when I was like, I think, or was it uh, that in the podcast? Yes, I think I meant, or was that earlier tonight? I think I'm meant to not like him. That, yeah, that's right. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. I get that. That's cool. Yeah, okay. Um, but know, apparently it's fucking it, layers. Yeah, I think that was. Um, that was explained in in control, so there, there's maybe something in in that narrative. That, now, probably because um, that's where obviously that's the first game that established that they exist in the same world, and the Federal Bureau of Control, which is the where you, most of the game of Control takes place, that has this whole thing about um, certain like items begin being like items of power and apparently they have like the clicker in there that they study is like one of these items of power and there's lots of people studying alan wake and what he's been doing from afar but apparently um this is the the fbc was is going to play quite a key role in alan wake too um cool. so it said something that uh destructoid article just said we may have already seen hints of the fbc in prior in a prior gameplay trailer which featured Artie, who I can't remember, but apparently he's a janitor in the FBC in control. The entire process is quite exciting to Lake, who is enjoying the very tasty opportunities of referring to and doing callbacks and adding extra layers of meaning, building a kind of a web. Awesome. So, yeah, I think now we've now I've played Alan Wake, I would like to see those tendrils and how they stretch into... Yeah control but i think the control dlc is where they talk about mr scratch that bit that i was just that's where they really sort of lean into it yeah it's that i I will give them their due actually maybe it's from an era because like i don't know the era this was sort of early era where downloadable content was a thing yes so it it was better it actually was better then than it is now it feels like a dlc generally feels like a bit of a cynical cash-in these days but like yeah the the Mm. dlc is genuinely good and it's nice to yeah hear really that, good um control seems to keep that going in that like yeah. the dlc is meaningful and interesting i will say i would would have preferred they didn't did they i don't know i don't actually i don't know if i feel like that i think i said to you in a previous chat that we've had that they i was concerned that they had wrapped the real ending up in the dlc if anything they just sort I of i don't like, know if they have this no. out they just elaborated on it exactly. They elaborate on it and build yeah. on it in a meaningful way. And yeah. the, I don't remember being aware that his. This is another thing where I, I feel like I'm picking up more the second time I played this game from what I did the first time. I don't remember being aware that his wife got out at the end. I, I don't remember, remember that, the either. it's not a lake, it's an ocean, and then it cuts out and being like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" I don't remember his wife coming back. I I had obviously like skimmed by that in my brain. Um, yeah. So yeah. yeah so yeah, same. another example of something I'm appreciating more second time around. It's just I guess it's absolutely just a bit older and a bit more cognizant because I don't think it was. Yeah. Maybe I was confused enough at that when I was younger at that time. I just wasn't paying attention by that point. But 
yeah, I feel like I'm certainly more th- appreciative of this game now than I was a week ago. Yeah, and I, I know that we had, because the game was delayed so much, we, we had a lot of time to acclimatise to what the game was no longer going to be and what it was instead. Because mm. that initial trailer for Alan Wake... Um, you may remember that it was. It was. No, at, I didn't realize it had even been delayed so much. I'd forgotten oh, like, that as well. Absolutely, ages. Um, I can let me talk about that now. Actually, um, so it took that six is, years to um, develop it. Quite a good saying is: Is it Miyamoto that says a good yeah. game's uh, a bad game or a delayed game is? What's that saying? A good game is um, a bad game's always bad. Or a rush. A rush. Some of them. A delayed game is eventually good. A rushed game is bad forever. Yes. So yeah, and it, so there was the, the initial trailer that I remember not really vividly now is like there was he had a torch and he walks up to this gate of a lighthouse and he kind of like turns around, and they showed that in like two thousand and five. Yes, That's like e- the previously E3. an Alan Wake starter. Yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. Um. And so the game was an originally described and I believe shown to these people in this behind closed doors presentation in two thousand and five. Um, it was going to be like a totally open world sandbox game and they had this um, level editor called Max Ed that they used in Max Payne 2 and they did loads of this tech um, development to make it so that they could sort of almost like auto-generate ancillary parts of environments based on like if you just do the main parts of the like almost like you do the middle of a puzzle and then the the outside of the puzzle will complete itself so stuff like um they took like loads of research photos and they they put all of this into some sort of database to create these bioforms that they could mesh together and so if they put a if they put a road in the middle of the world this system would automatically like put trees around it it would put some grass on it it would put like gravel at the edge of this the the road it's actually interesting and stuff like that I had sort of found myself playing the game thinking have a lot of the greenery and sort of stuff being AI. It almost felt AI generated. It does, so like doesn't it? The thing, that, the thing that, I, that often caught me is there's a section in the game where you're walking around and there's like, I don't know, like a, what do you call it? It's not like, it's like, a, it's not like a barn, but it's like a roofed area where you would store a car and you walk into it and it's obviously covered at the top walls down the side and it's sort of open at either end it's basically just a rain shelter mm. um and it but there's trees like three trees just growing up through the middle i was like that doesn't look quite right and then i <laughs> it, i actually started to notice as i was walking around was like the trees are sometimes in odd places and i was like oh this yeah. feels ai and i was like maybe that's a way that during the remaster they sort of saved development time so that's really f- fucking fascinating yeah, that you've, you've you've picked that up and said that because I was actually thinking about that as we were playing. Yeah, because there are, I mean, there is definitely one of the strongest parts of the the early scares in this game, especially, are like just the feeling of being not lost, but like overwhelmed by the vegetation that's around you, mm-hmm. like the fauna and not fauna. I often got flora lost um, is, walking yeah. around the forest and I actually think yeah. it, it not even necessarily being a negative. Um, like we're, we think we spoke about it in the previous podcast where... Um, being aware that you're on the treadmill is, is yes. a problem. Um, and actually knowing that you're on the treadmill, we all know we're on the treadmill, but when you become cognizant of it, it becomes an issue. I actually thought the the a lot of the levels, especially when you're going through forests, 
were like open enough that you were like, oh, I'm not quite sure where to go. But if you picked a direction, it actually nine times out of ten was the correct direction that you went to go. And the, the game is sort of leading you. It is a, mu- a much more sort of subtle version of playing Uncharted and they're sticking yellow splodges in the wall so you know mm-hmm. that, oh, that's a climbable part yeah they're, they're sort of there I think the game doesn't like it's a master like I, I don't even think that's being hyperbolic it's a masterful um example of a of game design where you're being led without being aware that you're being led at all in a lot of a lot of stages yeah I almost feel like there was some element of like an AI director on the go maybe not as sophisticated as other games i can see that yeah but i felt like sometimes if i went the wrong way it would throw enemies at me almost to punish me for going backwards on myself um because obviously it has a little radar in the corner with a little yellow dot which is where you're you're supposed to go in that direction so a lot of the early parts of the game i would spend trying to find fucking flasks of coffee you've just you've just explained you've just described something that i haven't played the whole game and not noticed once oh (laughs) Okay. <laughs> just hilarious that says more about my lack of <laughs> yeah it's there, there was a little radar on the top and it had like a yellow dot oh, and if shit. you turned the right way it, it, it does a, sake, David. a very brief like oh if you get lost just follow that and that'll tell you which way to go so I did start following that more like rigorously in towards the end of the game but at the beginning I was trying to not follow it and try and like it's, you know, explore. well, I did it, yeah. yeah. Which is so, funny. to be fair, you you know, you've shown that it's not actually needed, and that the game does work if you ignore it, because you will eventually stumble across the correct path, which is what it should Certainly feel like. Do. Because he is, he should feel lost and overwhelmed. The, and the only thing I whatever. felt that gave me slight stress, but I eventually got over it, was that because I was like, oh God, which direction I go, and I was picking a direction and figuring out the way to go. I was like, should I have gone that other way first? Is there a flask somewhere that I've walked past? Which almost certainly yes. Yeah. Um, But I suppose we'll get to that, but I think there's too many collectibles in this game. I think it would be a a critique of mine. No, I I agree with that. Uh, There's too many collectibles because they mean nothing and they are just pressing a button on something that's just placed in a stupid position. Like if they actually had any effect on the game whatsoever, I'm fine with it. I guess the manuscript Mm -hmm. pages do because you can can almost read what's coming up. Um, Yeah, I'm fine with the manuscript. And even to to be honest, I'm not like, I'm someone that's known for like in uncharted games they'll complete the game and then go back and get all the collectibles so i Mm. i I will do so like i don't even necessarily have an issue with the um like the thermos flasks it's Mm -hmm. the the layering upon layering upon layering so you've got i i looked it up and i think i sent you a message there's like 11 different collectibles and it's like cardboard cutouts thermos flasks manuscript pages like tin oh shoot the tin cans yeah um, there's alarm so many clocks there's in the next one. Alarm clocks. The video games. The, the video game. Yeah, there's there's too much. Yeah. There's too much. Yeah, they didn't need to add collectibles into the DLC. That that seems no. like real peak era achievements. Era, yeah. Like we need achievements. Yes. Let's yeah, put some collectibles on. in it for that. Um, but on the forest as well, actually. Um, apparently they they went to because obviously they're from Finland, right? That's where Remedy's from. Are they? Interesting. I think so. Okay. But so they they went to scout locations in Washington State, Oregon, and British Columbia. They were obviously massively influenced by Twin Peaks. And as I said to you the day, the other day on a podcast that's coming up for those listening, 
I watched the first episode of Twin Peaks after this, the pilot episode, and it is it looks exactly like Twin Peaks. Um, apparently, they took like sixty thousand photographs when they went and did this location scouting, and they did photos of like towns, diners, and they even camped out in forests like overnight and just took loads of pictures of shit. So. I think they nailed it. I think if they were going for a look of this, this has to look like Twin Peaks and feel a little bit like um, Twilight Zone. They, I mean, they smashed it. Yeah, they've done that, and I've all, I've also done like a lot of camping in the you middle have. of nowhere, and they do a good job of representing the absence of light. I think they do, um, where you can sort of eerily still see quite a lot, but. Yeah, hmm. if there's like a sort of dark haze over everything. Yeah, they they do an amazing job of that. I'd be interested to see if like if you go back is is there is there a light source somewhere if you looked around enough hmm. that'll always be guiding your way to the next point of oh, Yeah, interest. that's really interesting. I bet I bet were you like somehow saying, stumbling across that when you were just sort of walking around effectively yeah. blind to the <laughs> to the radar were you just seeing yeah. a bit of light I and going I right? I can't well, believe there's a radar I missed out. How did I miss that? It's, it's like so kind of see-through in, in the top left, so it's not like it doesn't have anything map-related on it. It's just you know a, it's just some circles with a yellow dot. I also think there's a certain amount of if I'm being fair to myself, because I generally stream a lot of the podcast games that we're we're doing. Yeah, I'm con- my eyes are constantly flitting to the to the chat box to <laughs> see my if, fault. What, to see what you're saying to me. Yeah, but no, actually, that's I mean, like you're the you're Joe are mainly the people that will speak to me. Mm. Um, so I do appreciate it. It's not it's not a moan or a criticism, but yeah, I wonder if that's why I'm missing stuff because I am paying attention to other things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, apparently, the it, when it was still in this open world state, there was supposed to be a day and night cycle as well. Like a not, so. Is this something like you're going to get to? This was an open world game. Yeah, at some point. So yeah, during the day, apparently in this open world version like alan was supposed to go around talking to npcs you could get missions from them you would like supposed to gather supplies for the night time when the combat's going to happen so you'd be able to do stuff like set up generators get portable light sources build campfires and just sit around that's and wait really for it cool, to go man. to nightfall that's really cool uh, i do quite like the sound of that actually because i did i do laugh when i go back and play this game at like how often they sort of try and quickly make it so that alan falls asleep or something happens and it becomes nighttime like that again <laughs> it's like you'll yeah. get a bit of the daytime you'll maybe drive or walk somewhere talk to one person then oh he's drugged oh they've got drunk oh he's been sat in a prison cell like there's uh, the, the way that they keep making it so that the daytime just disappears in, from you know back to nighttime again um i always find really really funny i often i oh, honestly i'm now thinking i want to play both these versions because i came away from some playing- people have which is cool. The the game thinking like you so say it's the car sections that, yeah. that hit me and that I was sitting thinking probably today actually. Did this used to be an open world game because it feels mm. like there's the odd bit that just feels open worldy and then it's a bit. Li- I'll shout it out. There's another game I've played fairly recently that does exactly the same thing that feels open world. That they've just- the Last of Us Two for goodness sake yeah. feels like. It starts off by feeling like it's meant to be an open world game, and then they just abandon it after like four or five hours. And I'm like, "Oh, that I feel that feels like it used to be something." Hey, uh, Halo Four is another one that feels like it used to be an open world game. There's a bit where you got to walk around a camp and speak to people. Oh yeah, um, that's another one. That, and I think they've said actually that that was initially going to be an open world game, and then they sort of shied away from it. I, I get the same vibe from this. 
I kind of want to experience both, sort of to round off my thought, because like there's a bit of me that is like, oh, the game is much more focused and better for being a sort of level-by-level, led, bit more coherent, focused game. Yeah. But then also the stuff that you've just described actually does really sound actually really good yeah. <laughs> as well. Yeah. But they, they, if they could have fully realised it. What that, that first part of what you said there is, is basically their reasoning behind why it isn't. So they apparently said that we all know that Remedy, certainly as they've gone on and on and on as a studio, are really story-focused, even though they do make very enjoyable games to play. Um, so they said that they felt that the story was like robbed of urgency by the fact that you were just dithering around in town, like pottering about, talking to people. Yeah, and I can see that. The, the key point of this game is that Alan is supposed to be looking for his wife. So if he goes to get side yeah. missions, why is he ignoring that his wife's gone? That's also, though, the... The problem with most open world games, all right. I mean, well, like, we've said this many times, right? That yeah, The Witcher Three. He's looking for Siri, and he spends a lot of time fucking about, like, going around picking up daisies and stuff like that. That, that Red Dead Redemption, another game you you mentioned earlier on, um, does exactly the same. He's looking for his family, yet he fannies about for <laughs> for tens and tens of hours. Like, I mean, yeah, is this, the this king is of a that. thing. Dick yeah. around doing some karaoke and go play pool for a bit and electric darts. <laughs> oh, I need to have a quick. I need to have a quick go of Super Hang On first, or whatever, <laughs> before I go deal with this murder that's taken place. Um, but yeah, they were really. They just really wanted the game to be a thriller. They wanted it more like a roller coaster. They basically said, like, if they gamified it too much, it detracted from that. And they wanted. They they liked the flexibility of the linear environments that allowed them to mess with things like, are you going to have a bit more of an open wider area that you're going to be in a car like towards the end of the game mostly Mm -hmm. or is it going to be more narrow and oppressive and sort of stealthy parts like when you're running from the police or when you're in the early stages of the woods and you've got guys coming at you from all angles so they they wanted to try and direct it how they wanted it to be experienced rather than just let you fuck about and then oh it's night time and i can go anywhere it's probably a better game for that but I can see the appeal, like I said, I can see the appeal yeah. in the other the other incarnation of that game. Yeah. Um we talked about the the fact that we played the remaster of this game. And apparently that was only possible because Remedy actually had publisher options to pick from rather than just being Microsoft, because obviously this was a Xbox three sixty exclusive. Um, and there was some controversy, so apparently, about the lack of a PC version because they promised it, then they cancelled it, and then Microsoft actually had to come and Microsoft had to come and like back them up with some lies and say um, some games are more suited for the intimacy of the PC, and others are best played from the couch in front of a larger TV screen. The most compelling way to sp- to experience Alan Wake was on the Xbox 360 platform. This decision was about matching the right game to the right platform, and then apparently like, Remedy got really like you can't off plug about a PC that. into a TV. Yeah, exactly, which is what I do. But Remedy yeah. apparently got really annoyed by that and pushed for them to make a PC version, which came out like 2012. Um, okay. But because they, they initially picked the Microsoft option because Microsoft said that they weren't going to own the IP forever, like it was only like a timed ownership of the Alan Wake IP, um, which is why the remake has now come out on PlayStation as well as Xbox. So fair play that's that's cool of mm-hmm. them to give them that sort of a thing and then as we yeah. ter- as we will go into on the next podcast um the the problem that alan wake had it seems at the time other than the the massive delay that if you weren't 
if you weren't ready for it and you were still expecting it to be like an open world game the way that it was marketed initially maybe you and i felt that way because i do remember feeling disappointed in it somehow perhaps that's why we didn't appreciate it as much as we did yeah, back then yeah but another reason for that is that it came out on the 18th of may which was the same day as prince of persia forgotten sands split second and red dead redemption and then a week later mario galaxy 2 came out so i mean i loved fun. split second I'm going to buy it. That's backwards compatible, the by the way. I really want to play okay. Split Second again, yeah. Um, Red Dead's one of the best games ever made. And what did you say? The, a week Mario later, Galaxy Mario 2 came out Galaxy 2, again, all-time great platformer. So, yeah, it's... It sold 145,000 copies in its first two weeks, whereas Red Dead sold 1.5 million. So. Unsurpri- unsurprising. Yeah, it's a, it's a cult game for a reason, I think. Yeah. But the remaster, they've they've definitely done a lot of work to it, more than I expected. Like, it's easy to just look at it and go, "Well, this is just Alan Wake in HD," but it's not. They've redone like the faces, and I, I swear they've done like some proper tidying up of a lot of the assets as well. One of my favourite bits is um, at the start where you're on that sort of barge taking your car over to Bright Falls, and his wife goes calls him handsome, and then I don't yeah. know just the way my camera spun. He just looks like this doughy. <laughs> kind of fat dude we have "Ah." we have played we've played a lot of games recently where um, yeah people's faces are not how they're being talked about (laughs) (laughs) i didn't realize this is out on switch this came out on switch like last year basically a year ago to the day 2022 almost like 20th of october 2022 this came out on switch that's cool that's on there i wonder if that version's good Mm, probably not probably not not sure that's a place to play that game, but it's nice that people that only have that console can sort of still play it. So, yeah, it's true. Let's not shit on it, but I'm not rushing out. Based on what was the game you bought? Oh, Layers of Fear. Can't handle that. Switch. Then yeah, we're talking of shitting on it. Do, do you have anything that, like, about the game that you didn't like? I mean, my my example of that is a minor gripe that I didn't tell you till right near the end, and it's the the like insistence of the camera upon making Alan left-handed because he has a torch in his left hand, and it, and every time, basically every time I sprinted or turned the camera myself, it would default back to being over yeah. his left shoulder. So every time he aimed the gun, he's aiming it the way I would never want to look at someone over the shoulder aiming. So I kept having to click the right stick in, like honestly, every five to ten seconds throughout <laughs> my entire playthrough, and it was driving me mad. And also. I invert up and down because because of Max Payne, actually, and probably Goldeneye. But when you're in a car, it's not inverted. It goes back to normal, and there's no way to change it. So I would get. I found driving very, very difficult, especially if I was in those bits where you're fighting things, you know, near the end where you've got, like, destruction yeah. derbies or you're running blokes over. I was really struggling because I'm, I am trying to get the camera to help me see what I'm doing, and up and down was the wrong way. It just messed me right up. But I don't actually yeah. have many things to complain about other than that. I think the game's got everything that I like. Good, solid gameplay. Pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Engaging. Mm-hmm. Well-written. Well-acted. Mm-hmm. Yep. What I'll say is, you if you have any gripes, bring them up. But yeah. also, I want to ask you a question. How do you feel about cinematic endings in a okay, video so game? I, I do have... I've, I've, got, I've got a few minor gripes, but none of them are really... Like game breaking or like ru- okay. ruinous of the experience, they were just sort of slightly annoying. Um, one thing that annoys me, and it annoys me in 
a lot of games is the fitness of the character. Oh, that actually, that was annoying. Drives me annoying. up the fucking wall. Like Call of Duty is another one that does it really badly. And that, like, if you are running for, I don't care how fit or unfit you are, if you are able-bodied and you are running for your life, you can run for more than ten seconds before getting puffed out. You you can just get through it and then deal with that on the other side. Like you can do it. Alan Wake cannot. That used no. to annoy me. Um, I did notice that you his his jogging speed is too slow. And I noticed mm. that you were you were using the sprint from like getting to one bit to the next. But I basically had to tell myself by the end, like if I sprint to where I'm going next, yes, I will I get there, there and yeah. I'll be fucked when he gets there and I'll get attacked you, and I can't dodge. You can only use it basically when you're trying to get away from stuff. Yeah. And even yeah. then it's not going to work. Those dudes can run fast. Yeah, but I, there was one where I end, there's a bit in the DLC where you end up with a load of flash sort of like uh, flares, and I got mm-hmm. to the point where there was because they were throwing so many enemies at you. I was running through a section, I was sort of running and then jogging, and you could hear someone come behind you, crack a flare, and then you could sprint away, run, crack a flare, and basically you could sort of keep people away from you using flares. That was really fun, actually, and I suspect probably deliberate um i felt like such a fool when i watched you pull the generator with a f- having dropped a flare but while you were doing it i never did that once <laughs> i kept getting my ass handed to me i was getting so frustrated <laughs> that i couldn't quickly pull the fucking thing <laughs> and um it's just drop a flare and they'll leave you alone i can't believe i never did it i thought you were a genius they do throw you, things yeah. still at you into the light which is with the, amazing yeah, but... accuracy considering it's in the dark <laughs> yes um very Resident Evil 4, that is, getting hatchets chucked at you. I wrote down a bunch of things I didn't like about this game, and now I can't even read my own writing. Um, <laughs> particularly in the... You need a typewriter. Um, yeah, I do. <laughs> I actually was... I honestly got within millimetres of Googling modern typewriters to see if they still make them. I was like, oh, no, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. Anyway, I wonder if they, they, do. Um, they must do. They must do. They must do. Like they a low-profile, nice, cool typewriter might be fun. I think it would be quite fun. Yeah. Anyway, the particularly in the DLC, but there was occasions in the main game, I don't think the platforming's always up to scratch. He's um, got that. I think I said to you that this feels very Max Payne. And you can tell, obviously, they, they we talked about it earlier, they use this like Max Ed level editor, editor from Max yeah. Payne 2. But the, the movement of Alan Wake feels so Max Payne. And the jumping in Max yeah, Payne it is does. bad as well. Really Max Payne. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And there's bits where it's like, it's wanting you to, like Max Payne is worse, but it's wanting yeah. you to do quite precise platforming. Mm-hmm. And the control scheme just does not, does not afford for that. Um, there's, and there's obviously those things as well where like it tells you that you, your A is jump, but it will also let him climb up things. But there are so many things he could easily climb with the press of the A yeah. button. And instead he just jumps and scrapes his knees down it and then doesn't do anything. Oh, there was one, there was the bit where you've got to, where the yen, where where we got you get smacked in the head by the, the deer float. <laughs> yeah. Where the road's blocked. <laughs> If this was real life, you could just squeeze between the cars. You but no, could. you've got to go all the way around. Um, the other thing that bugs me is like, and this is again, not this minor and it's not necessarily an issue with the game. It's more video games as a whole. Mm-hmm. I don't like Stunlock. I really don't like, I don't, I, I, get, I get instantly frustrated when I get my control taken away from me. Yeah. And um, yeah, there's like, like I said, there's a couple of times where I got stunlocked to death. So I like, got hit by something and then just because there was other people around me, stunlocked, 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 
dead. And I'm just like, well, there's absolutely nothing to do with that. I encountered... I do prefer being stunlocked and then ganked if that's, you know, if I if I haven't managed the crowd correctly, they will overwhelm me. I prefer yeah, that I mean, to being fair. instantly killed in one hit by yeah. by something that we're not going to talk about. <laughs> and evil within yes. evil within one does it a lot as well it has a lot of instant kill enemies i i that shit i hate far more than having yeah being stunlocked no you're totally right and it's, that's why i, I say mean, both of them it, suck it, though it it bubbles an inner rage but when i'm being sort of coherent about it i'm just like well yeah. i just didn't manage the enemies properly yeah um, and the other thing yeah. is i it was rare but i did encounter a couple bugs that were pretty heinous like okay. um there was one so the the two ones that the two that jump out in my head jump out right now but there was a couple more than a uh, more than a couple sorry um at the end of the game sort of the last cutscene of the game the dialogue just cut out oh did just it just went just went dead and i was like is my headset gone dead and i pushed the menu button and i got the menu button noise you get everything was fine just the game audio just went Oh. totally dead for the last cutscene so I didn't hear any of the audio and I just had to read the subtitles uh, another one was there was like once I was I was like walking towards a page to pick it up and the game just went whoosh, and just like chucked my character off the cliff off a cliff and I died I wow like, alright well that's okay. that then and then it loaded the it loaded this checkpoint the checkpoint was like 10 minutes back and I was like Aww. what are you doing man <laughs> Um, wow, but yeah, the, okay. the the audio bug right at the end was odd because I remember you you'd said you had got something where you weren't getting or that was watching me on Twitch. You weren't hearing dialogue, Speech, but you were yeah. hearing everything else. Yeah, I, it was yeah, weird. I could just hear just, typewriting just and went, weird spooky noises. Yeah, <laughs> mine just it. went totally dead. Really odd. And I reset the game and then loaded back in, and it was fine again after that because it was just after I completed the game. I was like, oh, if I'm not doing the DLC, if it's going to be broken like this, uh, but no, totally fine. Really mm. odd, but yeah, just like the odd, the odd bug, and when it like for the most part, it was totally fine. But then I, when I did encounter a bug, it felt pretty catastrophic. Yeah, it sounds it, and um, that's yeah, mental. So it's, that's a shame. But it, again, in the grand scheme of things, they were minor because they didn't really ruin the experience. They were just sort of notable blips yeah. in the road, I guess. So uh, there talk- was a question you were going to yes, ask me. That exactly. Yeah, you, you talked about the end of the game there, so I, I wanted to know. How you feel about like a more cinematic ending to a game? So does it? F- do you think that there should be like some kind of final ultimate challenge in every game, or do you feel that if the game has challenged you enough up to that point, you should be able to just enjoy like a conclusion as a reward for all your efforts leading to that? Because the end of this game, you shoot the tornado with some flares, which is basically nothing, and then yeah, and then you walk around your your um the the. The house, isn't it? You get like a little sort of weird mm-hmm. vision of your house, and then is that also the bit where you're sh- you're shining the torch on things to make them appear? Is that that bit as well? Yeah, That's kind of yeah, just like yeah, a walking yeah, sim. Yeah. And then Alan goes in and he jabs the thing in that woman's heart and does the clicker, and then it just sort of ends. Um, which is they they've, they've ended the story well, not satisfactorily because they made mm-hmm. two more DLCs to kind of finish the finish. But what do you feel about that in general? Like, I definitely feel like even though I don't think it should always be there, when I do, when a game does end like that and I'm just kind of watching it end and I don't really get to play any part of it, I sort of think, oh, that was kind of wanted to have a fight with somebody. But do, did I? Does every game need a boss fight? I don't think it does. Yeah, I was about to say, like, I, I've got, I'm quite 
quite staunch in my belief that like not every game has just because it's a video game doesn't mean it has to have a boss fight at the end. There was it's, it's Fable Three always sticks in my head. I remember it like and you can actually have a fight at the end of that game. But I remember my experience of that is I walked into the room expecting to have this massive boss fight and then like a side character just walked up and shot the boss in the head and he died. And I was like, Oh <laughs> that's got So like, yeah it is quite funny, it's quite good. And I think I think dep- it, it, to be honest with you, it really depends on the game. I think Alan Wake itself had to have some sort of wrap-up in the way that it sort of constructed its narrative. It probably did need to have some sort of exposition at the end to explain what it was doing. Um, mm. Because I think what it showed you and how it showed you that, I'm not sure how it does that and wraps it up in gameplay at the same time and makes it as impactful as it ended up being. Because you've um, seen, I mean... The end boss is disappointing, though, the, I will I mean, say. The, the tornado sucks, but the the actual old crazy woman herself jagger whatever her first name is it's, mm-hmm. um barbara jagger yeah like she's not portrayed as having any sort of specific power other than a way to coerce you to writing about the dark place and she's been embodied by the darkness but the darkness is an overwhelming entity that's causing all the townspeople yeah. to attack you which is her power so if you've gotten through all of that really she shouldn't she shouldn't actually just like yes. be the granny from fucking Resident Evil 7 and turn into a giant fucking anus on the ceiling. No, I think that makes the game worse. I think it, yeah. I think in in this instance of Alan Wake I'm struggling to think how they would have done it how they would have done it better and they also sort of maintain the the unknown about Barbara as well. Yeah. Like in in that they don't sort of shoot her load. I think we speak about this in horror games all the time and that as soon as they sort of reveal the big bad in movies, often movies lose their scariness. Yeah. They don't do that with Barbara. She sort of keeps her mystique, I think, in the way that they sort of unfold the narrative, which I think is yeah. beneficial. She's still a threat. She's still dangerous. She's still scary. And she doesn't ever come across as hokey. She's always quite spooky and scary. And I yeah. think if they had done a big shine your torch at a massive old woman with a some spindly arms coming out or something yeah probably yeah. would have undone that in some way so i think in this instance for me uh yeah i'm fine with it and it also but, doesn't work right because but yeah the darkness is supposed to have taken her as a host and mm-hmm. the whole point of the ending the, the first ending is that once you've killed barbara the darkness or the dark place has to take another host yeah and then it's strongly sort of insinuated that it's the is it the F? Who is it? Who is it who's looking out the window at Rose in the la- very last bit when they're having the parade? I don't think it's Rose that's taken. Oh no, it's, the, it's the police officer. Is it the FBI guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the who they. Guy. That's the theory. I think is that it's him now. So she's moved on to the darkness. Him. Has found a new host. So effectively, all you've done is killed the host for the awesome. darkness. And it's just found another one. Awesome. So maybe he's back. Maybe Nightingale's coming back in Alan Wake too. Yeah. Look out for that. I think. Not every game has to have a, a final boss fight, I don't think. Um, yeah. Depends much, on the genre. How much have you listened to the um, the back page pod where Matthew always goes on about how every game should end with fighting God in space? Have you heard him talk about that? <laughs> no. Yeah. He's big, he's big on that. So I, th- I just thought about that so much when this I think it depends. On, I mean, like... But this is such a narrative-heavy game. game. I, I don't. I don't know how. You've said it perfectly. How do you make it gameplay? I don't. I don't know how. A big tornado with some cars around it. Maybe not. That's probably not needed. That feels. That feels Resident Evilly to me. And yeah. Resident Evil's got that wrapped up. Your other option is the Gears of War thing, walking with your ear and your like on a phone, <laughs> having a yeah. chat on a phone. That yeah. sucks as well. Like, I, yeah, I'm fine. I think. 
I think obviously your first sort of default should always be in your sort of planning meetings is to, where possible, have gameplay over cutscene. But if you can't do it and you've got something you need to show in a cinematic way, bearing mm. in mind this came in 2010 when games mm. were obsessed with being cinematic, um, it certainly is that. And it, yeah. and it does that TV show thing, I guess, that they built upon. So pff, it was probably always going to finish how it did, didn't wasn't it? But if you're making a Mario yeah. game, you need a final boss. Yes. Yeah, because he's supposed to be more powerful than you in a physical way, I guess, rather than a... Mm-hmm. Mental. They also do it. I mean, like in the DLC, they do the boss thing. Do you think it's better for that? Do you think it would have been no, better if they did that, the main game with that? I thought that Barry thing was a bit shitty. The Barry thing was rubbish. And apparently, in um, American Wasteland, you fight Mr. Scratch, I think, but they've actually said that's not canon. Right, okay. Hmm. But I don't remember. Uh, that. American. Is it American Nightmares? Sorry, it? yeah. What did I say? American Wasteland. It's fucking Tony Hawk. Yeah. I was going to say, Tony Hawk, you, you fight Alan Wake Barry. and Tony Hawk? <laughs> you fight Barry, yeah. yeah, you fight Mr. Scratch. <laughs> on his, yeah, the game on his is funny. Um, big fan of Barry with his yeah, Christmas old, lights old Bazza. on. Yeah, yeah. I enjoy the, I enjoy the old blokes and the, I loved that heavy metal um, stage fight. Oh floor. my God, that's so good. Yeah. So good. They also they're good at turning the funny into the sinister, I think, as well. Mm-hmm. So like when that which reminded me of the the old rockers, when you meet them initially they have like a squeaky hammer. Yes. And then somehow they get hold of a real hammer and absolutely clock one of the nurses with it in the home. Yeah. Just they knock do. her out by hammering her head in. Yeah. Um <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that's when the darkness is taking over. I wonder if that's them yeah. possessed by it. I don't know. Yeah, well, they seem they, it's alluded to that they seem to know a lot more about the darkness than this. Well, they have on, the song right? about finding the Lady of the Light, don't they? That we mm. that you hear at one point. So yeah, yeah, they kind of they get it. Maybe they know Cynthia or whatever it is that whatever her name is. Yeah, Cynthia true. Weaver. Um, big fan of the FBI agent. Every time he sees Alan Wake, he names him a different author. I yeah, was absolutely loving that. He calls him H.P. Lovecraft, which is a massive. <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> yeah, that's what are you insinuating there, mate? <laughs> I haven't called my cat anything. <laughs> all right james joyce yeah i, was, I, was I don't just, know who I james joyce is really fun. oh he's just a he's a classic author my, okay. my old english teacher used to love him who else, who else does he say steve he calls him stephen king stephen which is king, the worst yeah because the game obviously starts right on the nose of stephen king by saying i'm pretty sure the first two words of the entire game are stephen king and he mentions him <laughs> later on as well and at one point he's like oh he busted here like nicholson in the shining it's like oh we get it you, which is hilarious because like Stephen King's probably one of our most poli- prolific lo- authors of the modern day, and Alan Wake is just some dude that seems to have written a series and then got writer's block and not written anything for years. Yeah, anti Stephen King. Yeah, because he says about when you get attacked by the poltergeist stuff, doesn't he? He says, "Oh, Stephen King would always sort of make um, sort of inanimate objects come to life." Yeah. And it reminded me of that when I'm getting attacked by fucking spin like bales of hay or whatever. You get at least, yeah, I'd say you average like 1.5 Stephen King books a year. So that boy is, that boy churns them out. Yeah. Unlike Alan Wake. Yeah, that's where there's an old Family Guy sketch where they're talking about Stephen King's next book and he's like, oh, what's the what's the evil force in this one? And he's like, uh, and he picks up a lamp. He's like, oh, the lamp. <laughs> and I, again, I always think of that when he says, oh, yeah, Stephen King liked inanimate objects being attacked attacking you I thought yeah there you go Family Guy actually did used to make sense it <laughs> used to ay 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 um, 
Okay. Do you want to go through the game? What did you think about the game? I don't oh, know if you've sorry, got yeah, go coming up. So apparently, apparently, sorry if it's coming up. But what did you think of the sort of gameplay loop between the basically the torch attack plus then shooting? I I loved it. I thought I, it was great. It's quite, it feels quite novel. It's nice and fresh feeling. It. Yeah, I I think the if I had like a uh, one overall criticism of the game that's like not just like a little niggle that we've mentioned so far is that I feel like. If you're not talking about the narrative, the game is potentially lacking moments. Mm-hmm. I was trying to yeah, separate when I was trying to go through the the episodes like one to six. I wanted to go through like here's a brief overview of the story, and here's like the major set pieces that happen in Alan Wake. And then when I started to think about it, I was like, there really aren't that many. The major set pieces are usually in the story development or in cutscenes because most of the time you are just repeating the loop of I'm going through the dark. You know, I tried to watch, I tried to skip through a video walkthrough to try and like find stuff that we could, I could remember happening. And outside of like being attacked by some farm equipment a couple of times and a bridge that falls apart, there's there's not a lot of like crazy memorable action that goes on, which isn't necessarily a, you know, a knock on the game in any way. But I'd say the gameplay is quite, it's not repetitive. It's just sort of... um streamlined to just be a way to get you from story to story did you not find um that each episode sort of had its own theme for a lot of the, yeah a lot of time so like and i really like the, the one in the, the town that's my favorite yeah there was the, the one sort of the intro where it would just sort of give you a taste of all the stuff then there was the, like the heavy action episodes there were there was an almost i think it was episode three like i'd say a good 70 percent of that episode you don't even have a gun you're walking around with just a torch yeah, and there's obviously the f- episode four. You're in the you're in the mental hospital, the lodge thing for a large yeah. like half so of it. It'll sort of pick a theme or a sort of broad thing that you're going to do, and then there's like the really adds to the episode episodic structure of how they. It does that that it. set. Like I said, I know we've mentioned already that set piece at the end of is episode is that episode four that finishes with the rock concert on a stage. I think that's four, or is that five? Um, uh, four. That is really, really good. Um, yeah, just so good because it just turns everything on its head. Like you go from this really dark, oppressive thing to just there being light everywhere that yeah. you can manipulate, and yeah, I really like that. Um, the other thing I want to mention quickly is the when you listen to the people that are infected by the dark, their comments are really funny because it's just like, just like regular stuff. It'll be like just like a chat about paracetamol or ibuprofen or yeah. it'll be like something like yeah it's something just really bland yeah like blah 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 it's not good for you or something like i'm i'm struggling to recall yeah anything. like yeah, stucky's really going about like a no refunds or something at the beginning yeah well. like yeah it's like their everyday speech just twisted to be sounding just really <laughs> angrily said yeah with a bit of yeah. echo and some deep voice yeah. going on yeah i would say the dlc potentially has more like memorable gameplay set pieces than the actual game like the um you're spot on the way they play with the writing is really cool yeah yeah the furnace bit in the in the first dlc where you can sort of blast enemies with it Mm -hmm. and then the second one really takes that even further when you've got like you can make those it's everywhere balls you've got those cam sort of fuel drums roll down Every time you need ammo, you've got to break one of those things. Every time you want light, you've got to break one of those things. Like 
every bullets same like it, it's almost like they just cover the place and then there's that there's the then they then they flip it and then there's that area you walk through there's just writing everywhere and it's like oh, i loved enemy that enemy 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 yeah and then you're you've got to try and not put your torch on it yeah because you're and your so torch, well you can't done. turn it off because you, and so everywhere yeah. you turn you can hear it going like in the side yeah. like, don't don't fucking that's that's birds don't do that and then um, the second one turns into that platforming thing and then there's the DLC where you're in a sort of hamster wheel as well. The lighthouse is, puzzle, yeah, where oh it's like a God. maze. And the bit with the um where you're making the the rocks like clear away so that the lighthouse yeah. like can absolutely yeah, well, wreck well. loads of blokes. Instead in one of go. like aiming at aiming at enemies, you're aiming at different things in the environment to sort yeah. of set these kiss 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 cascading events in yeah. motion. That's such a satisfying part that when when you're just like wiping out dudes with lighthouse flare and it yeah. just explodes them. I think like it really gave you it like it really empowered you at certain points in the DLC in some really unique and clever ways playing with the light and dark theme that I just thought was at times quite a lot stronger than the, the actual main game even if the story was mainly told in the main game and just kind of like I actually out um, in the DLC ended up really appreciating I, 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 you were because you were you said something yesterday, and it was like if you weren't playing this game, the DLC in a time limit, you'd enjoy it a lot more. Mm. And I was like, and I came at it today. I was like, yeah, you're probably right because I was getting frustrated with it, with the difficulty of it because it, it really tough. ramps up the difficulty. And then I kind of came at it today thinking, oh, I'll just play it for a bit. I actually don't care if I finish it or not. And I just loved it. There's yeah. the the way that it sort of fully understands that you're fully sort of up to speed with the mechanics and stuff and just chucks stuff at you because it, it does a sort of rerun is it the second dlc it does a sort of rerun of the the rock concert again that we've just spoke about yeah and but it does it like it does it on weird isn't it? yeah it does it on steroids and like they just start overwhelming you overwhelming you with enemies and you've got to just start blasting off the lights so the lights always going Little off so you can be sh- firework wheels or whatever it is yeah did you have a favourite gun? Other than the flare gun, because I think it was amazing. <laughs> it's a rocket launcher, effectively, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> um, I liked the rifle. You did like the hunting um, rifle, didn't you? Yeah, but there was a couple of occasions where that was not the gun to be using, as I found out to my peril. Yeah, it, it does seem to, at times, just be like... And actually, we we spoke about this again, well, I think while you were streaming, the fact that like a lot of the times, Alan will just... It'll be daytime. Alan will then get somehow suckered into going to the nighttime and then be like, oh, I've lost my bloody gun again. Why did I put my torch down in the mental asylum and leave it there? Like, oh, come on, man. So then you have to find, and then it would, I felt like the game would sort of feed you ammo of the gun it wants you to use. And yeah. be like, you should really switch out your hunting rifle for this pump action yeah. shotgun or you'll be sorry. Um, so pump action was probably my favorite gun because by the end of the game I had a lot of that and just kept like I thought mm-hmm. I'm not going to use anything else um, flashbangs I enjoyed as well as a nice quick get out just like yeah! just chuck it and see them all blow up that was quite fun what did you think of the driving mechanics uh, somehow very easy for me to do like yeah like rally turns and <laughs> drifting as someone that is, a, is about to have a couple of days going nose deep head deep face deep body deep into forza motorsport oh, yeah, yeah they were they were um squirrely old mechanics uh, they were bad because <laughs> he would be going in a straight line you'd turn a little bit and be like yeah just like totally spinning like all right okay alan wake is not a good driver nope yeah he's driving up dirt roads in unsuitable vehicles and uh, <laughs> trying to play colin mccray around every corner it's very very odd 
Um, I did like being in the cars because obviously running blokes over is quite fun. Yeah, that was fun. I, I didn't like that bit where you get two of those cars ramming the shit out of you. The though. destruction derby section. Yeah. yeah, you just get absolutely the life bashed out of you. Yeah. I also find, yeah, I found that the sort of headlamps weren't, they didn't feel, like I thought, always thought when you got in a car, the, the headlamps on the car should feel more powerful. They didn't feel that much more powerful than your regular torch, I didn't I, think. I forgot to press A to boost it for a, a lot of the time. And then realised it was only when I got a button prompt in one of the DLCs I remembered that there was a button to do that. Um, um, the other thing I want to mention as well, sorry, I'm just firing things that are coming in my head at you. So um, we were talking about bosses before. Big fan of the fact that one of, there's like a mid-game boss where you just fight a um, bulldozer, basically. <laughs> yeah. So I, I love that kind of stuff where it's just like, oh, now the trees are after you and all this kind of shit. Yeah. Like, that's, that's great. There's but, a yeah. bit of lost in it with the trees falling, I, I thought, like a few times. Was the that show when lost. was lost? The, the, yeah, when was the show lost on on TV? Because I they, there's bits where you're walking along, you just start seeing trees falling mm-hmm. down left and right. And I was like, oh, that's like lost. Does that happened in Lost? I've never seen any of Lost. Yeah, the, the first season of Lost, there's a lot of like something happening in the trees, and there you see all these trees falling down and stuff like that. And there's another show where it's. Well, that one's more definitive that it's not real compared to compared yeah. to Alan Wake. Right. Let's briefly go through the episodes and then we can uh, go to bed. Yeah, let's do it. So, um, yeah, as I mentioned earlier, you know, episode one, Alan and his wife are traveling to Bright Falls for this holiday. Starts off with a um, this nightmare sequence where you get introduced to Thomas Zane, who then talks about light and gives you a torch. And Oh, does he give you a torch at that point? No, I don't think he does. He just says you can't hurt the bloke. That you, get, that you get attacked by in this yeah, weird yeah. nightmare. That's, that's, that's introducing you to the dodging mechanics and stuff. Yes, that's right, yeah. Um, he eventually wakes up, Alan wakes up and it's a dream and this is when you arrive at Bright Falls uh, on the boat and you get the key to the cabin off of Barbara Jagger. Um, the lights go out, as I mentioned earlier, after they've had a little bit of an argument about the fact that Alice wants him to be writing and not actually on vacation. Um, she then disappears. Alan wakes up uh, after having a car crash for some reason. And then we go through yeah. the logging yard where we find Carl Stuckey, as we mentioned earlier. We have a bit of a fight with him at some point, And we eventually get to the gas station to call the sheriff to then take her to the cabin to find Alice, but the cabin is no longer there. And that's how episode one ends. Um, not a massive amount of gameplay of which to talk about no. in that. It's a lot of setup, but it's a it's a strong opening, right? Yeah, yeah. Full of atmosphere. It's yeah. eerie. It's spooky. You know that something's not quite right, and then it just sort of does its reveal at the end that you know is coming, because mm. otherwise there'd be no point in the game. Um but yeah, it's 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 set it's scene setting, scene dressing. There's there's quite a lot of, um, it, and I guess it makes sense in the way that the way that it's set up. Actually, I was surprised that they when you finish an episode, it says episode rather than chapter, given that he's an author. But oh yeah, um, yeah, it's it's they, definitely. Hey, I'm a TV show about it's an author, much, isn't it? very yeah. much a TV show. Yeah, um, and it feels like that. the The first episode feels like set dressing warm up this is everything this is what's going to happen this is a premise oh shit here's the hook at the end to make you watch episode two mm. there was never any you know in your research you never came across any actual solid plans to release this as an episode i think did you because it 
I wondered um, that if that was maybe something at some point because obviously the, the Walking Dead must have been around at that around I think about it was that maybe period. the same year. Um, but I didn't know. I think because they took so long to get it out and they were planning to be open world. I guess probably not. Yeah. It's just a stylistic no. choice rather than yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, we then move on to episode two, which is called Taken, which starts with this flashback sequence where you're in this New York apartment where Alice and Alan live. Uh, which I don't think I actually really paid enough attention to the fact when I was playing the game that they are called Alice and Alan. That's a bit... Um, t- I wouldn't be hanging around somebody whose name was that close to mine. I'd never know no, who it was being spoken weird. to. You get scared because the lights go out, which um, is part of the reason I think David doesn't like her. Is that, is that right? Yeah, she's a full-blown adult and she can't handle it if, her, if the lights go out. I... Uh, how do you sleep was like, I can't, yes it was like oh can we we need to sleep with the light on well i'll be like well we're not sleeping in the same room so yeah. off you pop yeah you can have a night light i could cope with that but I no 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 no, no you're not you're, um, we're not putting the light on yeah my wife wears a eye mask because she knows i'm going to be looking at my ipad or something so <laughs> that's the right way around that's the right yeah 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 i was actually annie annie sleeps all the time so it probably doesn't bother her but yeah i do fall funny like i fall asleep every night with my ipad on my chest either listening to or watching a video (laughs) until it inevitably hits me in the face when i fall asleep yeah which i've tried to avoid by putting it on my bedside table and i lean on it like that and basically fuck my neck into oblivion the next morning because i've slept at like a 45 degree angle (laughs) idiot um uh, in this flashback, Alan talks about and gives Alice this clicker, which is like a light switch that apparently his dad gave him mm-hmm. when he was a kid because he was scared of the dark. Now, uh, they later on say, effectively, when they when Alan finds that in this shoebox, that Thomas Zane Had wrote that, in, right? that into existence in Alan's story. So Alan must have written that Thomas Zane wrote it into existence, Right. Yeah, well, that's the and thing. It's that's never also... been his childhood. It never happened in his childhood. Is that right? It's just I don't think so. But that's mm. also the thing that makes me think because he's speaking about that. Then, like that plus the Barry stuff plus like <laughs> yeah. the stuff is like is this whole game just in his head? Mm. It's yeah, it is because it, he taught like before they, he even I think knew that Bright Falls was a thing. Apparently, he was talking about this clicker. So, like, is is Alan Wake just one of Zane's stories? That is the thing that you've just said there. Like, if it's a true flashback and Alan has actually said that before, then great. Well, then whatever. But are we supposed to be believing that Thomas Zane has written that part of the flashback so that Alan knows the clicker is there left? Like so that when he finds the clicker later, he knows it's going to do some damage or whatever because it's yeah. a significant item. What's it called? A MacGuffin or Chekhov's gun? Chekhov's I think gun. Yeah. Like, it feels like to me, it feels like the whole Alan Wake story is a is a is a Zane manufacture, like like a invention. Sorry. Uh, I think it's I. Yeah, I'm not sure because Zane basically has fought the darkness and written written the destruction of the cabin to try. There's and a really it. odd thing that happens, and I'm I'm not going to fully remember it. But at the end of the second DLC, you're like climbing up um, a bunch of steps after you've crossed a bridge, and Alan Wake yeah. starts questioning Zane about the darkness and stuff like that, and he basically asks questions that Zane 
either can't answer or seems confused about or doesn't want to answer. Yeah, it's like it's your story, so I can't really say anything, right? Is that what he says? So yeah, I'm too weak just to help you. And I don't know, man. There's some. I think there's something we have not been told about yet. About For sure, this. I think Alan Wake is absolutely like he's not like a figment of imagination or something. He's definitely a real dude, but obviously they, they and then, and then they set that up by the fact that the darkness is so powerful in the lake that it can it can make anything that's written down come true and that well there's also that bit where alan wake says wait a minute am i not real in the dlc and zane's reply is you're as real as everything else here yeah but everything else here is like flying rocks it's it's yeah it's real but it's manipulated by whatever alan is writing in the dark place which is like a parallel universe which control also talks a lot about paranormal and all that kind of stuff um but i guess does the darkness draw alan wake to bright falls and i definitely think that the, i can't wait honestly can't wait to find out <laughs> yeah I, I definitely think this whole this whole i have this clicker when i was a kid here it is alice don't be scared of the dark i don't think any of that happened i think that is a manufactured flashback from zane to plant the seed to alan that the clicker is the thing and because he never had the clicker the clicker is in the well-lit room so he can't mm-hmm. have given that to alice that has not happened that's just f- being fed to him as a way to make it a significant thing i be- that's my th- take on it I reckon. yeah well this is, a, this is the interesting thing is that like your takes are takes so like, yeah, i guess totally. it can be taken in any way so like but like to i guess to lend credence to your take the clicker exists in control. Yeah, they're so studying it. Must it. Be a re- it must be a real clicker. Mm. The clicker itself must be a real physical object. They apparently study night springs in control as well. And there's also um, she, the Sarah, what's her name? Sarah Breaker or something? The the police chief. She says, she uses night springs she, as she like a code word. Sarah, is she genuinely called Sarah Breaker? I think so. Breaker, as in circuit breaker, when you spend a lot of time fucking linking circuits. Yeah. Right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's her name. Sorry. I'll allow you to finish your, your thought process. That just hit me right there. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. Breaker, yeah. Um, but yeah, she uses night springs as like a code word for an emergency later on as well. She yeah, says, she I'll say night springs, they'll know what you're on about. So. There's definitely some... Yeah, and Barry's like, what is this, like, a family thing? And Because she, she's, like, getting him... Because her dad is someone that's really... Yeah. Integral. To, is he the mayor or something? I don't know, something weird like that. And Alan wrote used to write for Night Springs as well, didn't he? He wrote, like, an old episode that, for it, apparently. That was his first first break as a writer. Yeah. Was uh, writing for a TV show. What do you think to Night Springs? In this, it's just that TV show that you started watching, isn't it? No, no, that's, that's just Twilight Zone. Oh, Night Springs is like Twilight Zone. Yeah, Alan Wake is Twin Peaks, but um, Night Springs oh, is Twilight okay. yeah, Zone. Yeah, I didn't click with that. Did not click with that. It's um, I, I, It really annoyed me that the dubbing was really bad for it. I know it's kind of supposed to be that way, but it really fucked me off. Did you watch as many as you could, or did you ignore it mostly? Started off watching them, and then I was like, nah. Yeah, Moving on. Just, <laughs> I'd, like to, I'd probably watch a YouTube collection of all of them together i probably would I, yeah like i actually might look for that in bed i bet mm, that exists um because yeah. i like i said i said to you yesterday I, f- I found myself sitting listening to the manuscripts i, I engage mm. i engage with the manuscripts much more than i 
engaged with anything else in the world. I also find myself, there was bits in the game where you'd walk in on Alan Wake speaking to this psychiatrist guy, yeah. and I'd listen to it, and I'd, I'd, just, I'd just walk off. There was, I, I, I walked out of that bit as well. That, that was quite yeah. funny, yeah, because he's sort of trying to... Because they talk about it. Yeah, they directly yeah. say, oh, it's just like, oh, it's, there's no point listening to this because it's... It's not real. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I really liked that, that it, the game sort of actually reacts to you just leaving in the middle of a cut Did scene. you see in the main game when you woke up in the psychiatrist's office, was yeah. there a bit, because I did, There was a was there a bit of you that where you were walking around going, is this the real the real Alan Wake? Like, mm. have I just sort of woken up from a stupor? Did you ever suspect that or were you always like, this guy is full of shit? Because I was, oh, you mean when he's like, oh, you've had a, you've had a breakdown. You sure you're right. Your you've had a breakdown. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um, Shutter Island, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It is. Where the whole Shutter Island is, before um, Shutter Island was a thing. Was a thing. Yeah, because yeah, Shutter Island is that he he is a patient in the mental asylum, and the whole thing is basically just a game that they play for him to cope. Yeah, right. The thing that annoys me about that movie though is it starts on a boat on the way to Shutter Island. Like, yeah, so they I have to take movie, him off island and you've bring taken him, back. him off the island and then he's forgotten he was off the island and then you've put him in a boat and taken him back that movie would have made far more sense if you started off on the island you could have walked him up mm. the jetty from where the boats land perfect that would have been be much more effective to me anyway because he's here to fix Shutter yeah. Island. <laughs> yeah i do like Shutter island a lot though um so yeah so the, after this flashback he like alan wakes up in the doctor's office because this is after his car crash um he tells lies to the doctor so that he doesn't get put sent to hospital and all this kind of stuff because he obviously wants to find alice Mm -hmm. um so he gets the uh he gets a call while he's at the police station from this this kidnapper telling him that he has to meet him um yeah and uh, this is where barry shows up for the first time um and uh, helps you escape, you know, helps you sort of walk out of the police station, and then they go and rent this cabin at the Elderwood National Park, where Barry stays. And then at the night time, Alan obviously goes out to try and meet the kidnapper at this Lover's Peak, uh, which he goes to via the visitors centre. And then he, he, when you meet him, he kind of helps you out at first, doesn't he? He's there's a gameplay segment where you're having to flash the lights, and he's he's got the only gun. You basically have to mm-hmm. just go with him. Um. He uh, tells Alan at that point that he wants like the entire manuscript of this um, dip, this novel departure, and if he doesn't hand it all over, then he'll never get Alan, uh, never get Alice back. See, that's why I would hate to marry somebody with the same name as me. Basically, um, he then part- Do you know if, if if someone if someone was to say to you, "What's your name?" and you didn't want to give them your real name, statistically speaking, you're most likely to give them an A name than any other letter in the alphabet so if you don't don't if you don't want to give someone your real name pre-think of a name and have it ready and make it not an a because they will know if they're smart unless your name's alex then you're fucked that's a great yeah well yeah yeah that's a really uh, that's an excellent little factoid there that um there you go i thought you were going to try and link into the game like their their names aren't real and uh that's great Uh, yeah, he like punches the he punches the kidnapper. The kidnapper then like runs away, and then Alan's very very upset. And you go you go back to find Barry, who now believes. Does Alan, that does who, that make sense with you? Because later in the game, of uh, I'm not trying to shit on your chips later on in your description, but like it becomes apparent that 
oh, this guy seems he's, he starts claiming that he didn't know who Alan was and who Alan was actually messing with. Mm. How, given that you went through that forest with the guy with the gun and the torch, how could he have thought anything else? Mm. Yeah, because he's like begging for his effectively for his life isn't he from the dark yeah do you think he's just lying at that point does that make more sense there i never really to me i'm like like how did you think anything else mate like how did you think anything but the darkness was after if you're aware of who they are to the point that you can say i didn't know it was you yeah i forgot he said that because he basically says like we didn't have the car we never did we just wanted him to think Mm -hmm. that so he wouldn't leave which I thought was him just easy. trying to do the bidding of um, Barbara Jagger, who's sort of making him. But then she comes and fucks him up for. She big time fucks him up. Yeah. Yeah, it... I don't. I don't. Yeah, I can't square that off. Mm. He's he is an odd part of the part of the narrative. That's for sure. Um, but yeah, Barry starts to believe Alan at this point, um, which I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed the fact that he suddenly was like, you know what? Actually, yeah, you're not mental. I mean, you are, but. This yeah, is definitely yeah, really yeah, no, I fully with nice you. I like, I like how, yeah, he just basically just goes hard on you. Oh my god, you're you're not talking shit. Yeah, this I'm stuff here is for you mental. Now. Yeah, whatever. I'm yeah. sticking around. Yeah, because um, it'd been so easy for the game sort of like scriptwriters to try and drag that out a bit. Yeah, that, but no, they just they just they just sort of, put him in deep fast. I yeah, like I like that to repeatedly sort of have Alan be labelled as crazy by his best friend would would as you say would start to take some legitimacy away from like the narrative that they're trying to tell you 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 or believability at least you would start to think that well I don't really know what to believe is actually happening but maybe the fact that they're trying to say look this guy's here and he believes it he's like the you know he's the straight man that's the effectively the audience in this we've plopped an audience member in the middle of the story he reacts the way you should react kind of thing um then they start trying to go look for um these manuscript pages together but uh, they get interrupted because they get a phone call from Rose from the diner, who's a big fan of Alan Wake at the beginning of the game. She says, oh, I found all your manuscript pages. You should come meet me at my trailer. Uh, of course, she's being controlled by Barbara Jagger. And that's, yeah. that is how episode two ends, as they drive off to go get them off of her. I quite like that ending, though, because they obviously like they, they pan back and she is clearly weird in the phone. Then she puts the phone down and then they've got Barbara standing behind her. I, do, I really like her presence in really every effective. scene she's in. As you yeah. said earlier, she's always like really creepy in there. Which, oh, I th- honestly think my favourite scene of the game is right at the beginning where you walk into the diner and have to go back to the toilets. Yeah, and then she's just standing there. That just like and you, you walk like, and you've also got you Cynthia know, Weaver there telling you not to yeah, go into the like, darkness. She's like, don't go yourself. in there, pal. Yeah, and then you're like, all right, and then you go in, and then she's there. She's a bit weird, and he, yeah, oh that that opening, it oh so good, so good. in hi- both at the time and in hindsight, once you know what's going on, mm-hmm. that 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 first section is just oh, yeah, perfect. Yeah, I love the way she gives him the the key, like between two fingers, like flicks it towards yeah. him as well. Like everything about her is just a bit sinister. Even though you listen yeah. to the lime in the coconut, while this shit's going on as well. <laughs> Did you get the achievement for putting that on twice for him? No, I didn't. Uh, if you put it on both times, you go in there, you get an achievement for that. Oh. Soundtrack's really good, by the way. Are you? Did you enjoy the end of episode music every time? Did you? Mm-hmm. Did you sit and listen to it? Mm-hmm. Had a little jam. 
I was hoping there'd be some sort of credits every time to like make it yeah. look more like a TV show, but it's just kind of like end of the episode and here's a song, and I just kind of like. Well, yeah, I also realised it because I was streaming it as well. Um, oh, you're gonna get de- suspect <laughs> that's like- what I suspect. I remember saying, yeah, I was getting copyright striked. I suspect that's that's what's been doing it. Yeah, <laughs> monetize the-, the channel. It's such bollocks. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like if they fucking copyright owner wanted to monetize it for me like yeah take the no money i get from my fucking views yeah hello i'm watching it. you monetize it fine just yeah. give me my sound back yeah oh that's i've never seen that before you said you've had it happen a lot recently but that's the first time i noticed it but it was yeah. really weird that they just take out all the speaking just you just have yeah. typewriter noises and darkness then we get episode three where Rose drugs Alan Barry, um, which is one of those things that I said earlier, where, you know, the the chapter, the episode starts, it's daytime, and then immediately nighttime again, back to fighting stuff. Um, yeah, I didn't realise that until you started talking about this. Yeah. Alan, while he's drugged by Rose, he has this vision um, with Thomas Zane saying, the darkness is um, hiding in my Barbara's skin, and he's too weak to stop it, which is a cool sort of setup for what is the actual apparently what's actually going on um anna wakes up it's night time and uh, this is where fbi agent nightingale comes into the story he's waiting at the gates of the trailer park to try and arrest alan somehow anna manages to escape gunfire by like pushing the trailer park guy forwards into the hail of bullets and legging it um yeah this is where we head up to the radio station at one point as well to the old guy um, who's in there and then again Nightingale just like shows up and just starts blasting at the ra- at the the radio station with a civilian in there which the old yeah, breaker the, breaker the, nine nine whatever the FBI agent craw- like jumps the shark quickly and you're like this man is unhinged you quickly realize he is not just a a man that knows a lot of authors names yeah <laughs> Yeah, he's got more in his back pocket. Just like he's been reading them every day, and it's just whatever his latest read is. I'm going to call Wake that today. Fucking Stephen King, bloody <laughs> Dan Brown, or whatever he calls him. Dan Brown, he does do yeah. Dan Brown. Yeah, um, this this chapter has a lot of the like the introduction to the poltergeist stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, we fight the we fight the digger as we mentioned earlier in this in this chapter as well. There's lots of like shining light on like fences and gates to get them to open did you enjoy that element of the of the combat i yeah. almost felt it was a little bit of a nice break from the blokes after a while yeah exactly absolutely loved it i thought it was really funny it was just so funny when the digger came out and was like oh i'm actually gonna have to fight a digger i was just like this is really great this is just in keeping with the game this knows what it this knows what it's doing um yeah. Yeah, you yeah, loved it. Loved There's it. something undeniably funny about that being a boss yeah. cutscene. It's like, and here's the boss, I'm a digger. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah, you are. <laughs> oh, stupid. Especially because like, I was a bit of a bit of a resource hoarder in this game and I often felt that like I was picking up bat- like getting to batteries and stuff and I was like fully replenished because I was just being really stingy with them. Often when I got to these bosses, I had a lot of what was left in the D-pad. So what's that? The the flare gun so i was mm. just like whipping out the flare gun totally. smashing it just and absolutely unloading it and like there was a couple of times where i'd fight like an example of these bosses and it was over in seconds and i actually quite liked that the the, the game allowed me just to sort of fuck you it in that yeah. way i enjoy that like a lot of the, a lot of games like well we play a lot of souls games and stuff like that like <laughs> yeah. 
It's often the games of fuck fuck me, so it's nice that games allow me to also fuck them. If that makes does that make sense in a yeah. fucking horrible way? Yeah. Um it just sort of let you mess with it. And if you were good enough and sort of stingy enough and thoughtful enough you could just absolutely deal with big enemies that came along. Yeah. It, big it, fan of that. It rewards you for keeping that stuff handy for sure. Because well there's 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 other examples of this game existing that it'll give you like ten flare guns before you walk into that area and make you fight it with a flare <laughs> gun exclusively. Yeah. It does that for the final boss, which is I guess it kinda has to because mm. there's no other way to finish the game if you don't if you run yeah. out you're done. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, and then, then there's the foreshadowing as well of all that kind of stuff. Like, here's a load of shit. Guess why? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and this is another... The next part of this is there's another thing here where, like, you get a car, you drive to um, the coal mine to meet the, the kidnapper uh, who doesn't show up. So the game just goes back to night again. It starts... Sunrise is there. <laughs> You think, okay, a bit of a breather. No, Alan just sits in a coal mine until night time and the guy doesn't show up, so he gets very annoyed. And then we let it get a call telling us to go to Mirror Peak. This guy's properly wasting Alan's time at this point. Um, more driving, running over people, fighting a tractor and some bits of an old train, which is quite fun. <laughs> and this is, as we said, this is the bit where we see the, the kidnapper begging for his life, saying they don't have Alice, they never did. They just wanted to get Alan writing. We see the image of, of Barbara Jagger again, sort of flash flash up, and then this big like tornado throws them both into the lake. Alan, which Alan survives, and the kidnapper does not. I believe, I assume. Yeah, yeah, no, I think so. I think you hear him screaming for his life and not being afforded mercy as you sort of come upon him. Yeah, and that's that's where episode three ends before we then mm-hmm. switch to episode four, which is as we mentioned earlier, the bit in the this lodge under the care of Doctor Hartman who says that Alan is basically having a psychotic break and imagining it's a real cool. I think this is a really cool change of pace. Totally. It's a real, really good sort of world-building exposition area where you walk around and... I don't know. I, I love the... This is so twatty, but I, I love the <laughs> the contrast and beauty of the place. Like, the, yeah, the place totally. is stunning. Yeah. But then there's, a, there's this undercurrent of... Sin- sinisterness I want to say cynicism that feels like the 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 plural of the word sinister but um <laughs> the, there's like a sinister un- undercurrent of the of this place that you're like no things aren't quite right here and um, the darkness um, the guy that's speaking to me is a bit off yeah love it love that whole thing I, I mean you you you're obviously not as afraid of it as, as I potentially would be but it, there's definitely like the the contrasting as you say the beauty of the area obviously plays mm. against like just i guess like the fear of the unknown and like untamed mm. nature like it's not a built up area in a lot of these places it's just a massive forest which is which can be an overwhelming and scary thing mm. especially in the dark you don't know what's in yeah, there yeah yeah absolutely and especially when the forest is attacking a, you I mean, later yeah i totally agree with that i think also there's a slight bit of stuff that I'm taking with it but I've watched enough movies and stuff over the years to be like I am quite unsettled so you you walk in on and there's like you walk into the sort of main hallway and there's people that are clearly like mad or mm. struggling like with severe issues yeah and I find them quite unsettling because you you don't know what they're going to do if they're quite unpredictable and, and even the guy he's got a weird neck in the game he is he is animated oddly but 
the guy where you walk up to and he's doing all this stuff, oh, yeah. stuff and like, oh, he's a video game developer. It's both funny and unsettling because I'm just like, oh, he <laughs> yeah. might stab me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're admitting something. Did you? Did, I walked outside, and it's it's the thing that the game doesn't ever push you towards. Did you walk outside on the sort of veranda area? With the as guy he's with chatting the dog. about that. No, there's was it? Oh, I don't know about the dog. There's a guy doing a painting. Yeah, I remember a guy doing a painting. Yeah, not, so I walked outside just to have a look around for thermos flask. And there's a guy out there just <laughs> painting, and he's like, um, "Oh, I've painted you." And he's just like sitting painting. You go around, this is this really fucking scary painting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know if he told me that was me, but I I kind of I can envision the painting that you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Really good. <laughs> There's like stuff that the game doesn't push you towards. And if you go exploring, yes. you can sort of find it. And it's just sort of builds on this sort of mental asylum sort of place. Yeah. I, I, don't, mm. I, I really don't think the game wastes the daylight bits. The, no, the seldom daylight bits that you get to play I think it makes really good use of them as you said it's a good change of pace but also the way that it kind of carries the narrative and adds all these little wacky elements to it I think is very very effective for sure we meet the Anderson brothers uh, Odin and Tor which is uh, incredibly on the nose there but they want it to be um, yeah. they apparently suffer from dementia but used to be in this metal band called the Old Gods of Asgard which we obviously have spoken about earlier on um, the darkness eventually does attack the lodge, and this is where Alan sees a, a vision of him on, like, or a video of him on the TV in there, saying that the dark presence is wearing the old lady's face, and that she's his editor, and that she also has a hole where her heart should be, which I believe is what Thomas Zane ripped out at some point because he knew there wasn't a heart there. I believe. Oh yeah, because she does have a big hole in herself, doesn't yeah, she? Yeah, right, right, primed for a big clicking. Yeah. Uh, Alan escapes the lodge with Barry's help and this is where Hartman's kind of mask so to speak slips where he tries to reason with Alan to to work with him and help create something wonderful and we obviously find out that he ordered the kidnapping to stop Alan from leaving so that he could write the rest of this departure manuscript there's a maze section which I think is quite cool as you're doing this you go for the gardens and the maze of of the lodge to get away that's quite cool uh, they start driving away as if, as if Barry's suggesting that they are just going to leave, which would be weird because they're after Alice. Um, but it doesn't matter because they get hit with a <laughs> landslide and the car crashes. You get separated from Barry for a little bit and you head off to the farm, which is obviously where you end up in that rock stage um, set piece we talked about earlier. And then they, then they get wanked on moonshine, fall asleep again, of course. Um and uh, this is where Alan kind. Of, this is where it like explains the beginning of the game, where Alan woke up in the car after like a, losing yeah. a week of his life because what he'd actually been doing was writing the departure novel in novel in the cabin under the the guidance I find that of quite Barbara Jagger. Actually, mm. I find myself going, "Oh yeah, I understand that a more than." All right, okay. <laughs> yeah, I did enjoy that bit. Yeah, did it? I, I against my. I was going to say against some better judgment. That's not what I mean. Against my sort of, I would expect me to not like something like that, but I, d- I did. Yeah, it's it's a cool way to set up the gap or to fill in the gap that it created mm-hmm. right at the start of the game and keep you hanging to what actually happened there. Um, basically, the uh, Barbara Jagger obviously is 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 actually the embodiment of the darkness. So it's 
sort of acting as Alan's editor to get him to write this story. Basically, she wants it to him to write that it escapes from the lake. It's, she, he, she, it wants the story to involve the darkness escaping. But apparently, Alan still had enough, was still compostmentous enough to actually write his own escape from the cabin into the story using Zane and his light. And that's how episode four ends. Yeah. Uh, episode five, The Clicker. Alan obviously wakes up from being completely pissed up on Moonshine. Again, Agent Nightingale is there. This is where they both get arrested together, and we wake up in the mm-hmm. cell, and, and Agent Nightingale picks up like a piece of the manuscript and reads that his death or whatever is being foreshadowed, and then it immediately happens after he's read it out loud off the page, and he gets dragged out of the, the holding yeah, cell a, by there's the a cool, There's a cool bit... Um there's a cool bit when you when you listen to the manuscript and it's something along the lines of that he picks up a drink to have a drink as he's reading about him picking up a drink to have a drink about what mm. he's reading about. And I was like, oh, that's cool. I like that. Is that is cool. I also really liked in the DLC where you're shining the light on the words to make stuff happen. I like how every time you did that, you'd hear a typewriter happen as if mm. like Alan's now written that into the story. Yeah. Like it's, I, That was fucking awesome. So this is the part where, having seen this dude get dragged out of the holding cell, um, or the police, or the you jail, don't really see him again until the like the last cutscene of the game. You don't see him again after that. Yeah, so I guess he doesn't die then, does so he? So yeah, no, you're. Yeah. But then yeah, that sort of does sort of lend credence to the theory you were talking about before about how he is the new sort of entity or the sort of figurehead of the entity. That makes sense. Yeah, I assume Alan was getting rid of him in his story by just sort of writing that he's oh there but then he dra- got dragged away and so i could escape from jail so there maybe there yeah. are some like yeah that's the parts where alan is is cognizant enough of what's how to get out of these situations yeah so yeah Sarah, sheriff breaker now obviously believes him as well um she then he- helps alan and barry escape the uh, jail they go towards uh, Cynthia Weaver which is this weird old woman from the beginning of the game we spoke about earlier she knew Thomas Zane she's prepared these countermeasures for the darkness's return which of course we are very much balls deep in this is the bit I was talking about earlier that I really I really like where you're with the sheriff going through the town and you get to like go through some of the shops and actually like get involved in something other than the forest even though you're still in danger of the yeah. darkness I quite I really liked that this this was the scene setting for this this episode and the gameplay parts we get attacked by the deer fest float which is quite fun um you actually did it way better than a i did it and b i told you to do it because i was like go go stand behind that car which Ah, didn't work very well for you so you stood behind like a ice cream truck or something and then was totally fine which i thought was way better than my advice this is also where barry comes back um he he gets attacked by a bus. He's like legging it through the streets. He dives into a shop doorway because a bus is flying at him. But then the next time we see him, he's got like a headlight and he's covered in Christmas lights, which makes him an absolute top boy, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, I'm fully on board with the Christmas lights idea. Great idea. Yeah, uh, he gets himself a head torch, and then they start talking about him being like the eye, the eyes, the eye of Mordor. Yeah, he does. Like yeah, I was like, yeah, that's great. Yeah, and he also said there was only one, so Alan couldn't have one. Um, the the rest of the chapter uh, episode is like you're you're sort of being guided by Breaker. She's in like a chopper, and you're sort of walking, you know, walking towards the well lit room. Lots more enemies and poltergeists leading up to that. You eventually meet Cynthia Weaver, who takes him to this well lit room, um, which is where, as we said earlier, you have the 
the clicker in a box of Thomas Zane's old belongings. And this is where Alan theorises that Thomas Zane wrote the clicker into existence. And, of course, the notion that it was from his childhood, which it actually isn't. It was all set up to draw him towards it. And then we have the final chapter, which is quite a short one in terms of actual story development, because mainly Alan has the clicker and he's going to go fuck um, Barbara Jagger up with it. He goes back. Yeah, there's to- a lot of driving places in this. Yeah, one. it's really. I quite like the way they set it up. It's almost just like a big long road trip to the final destination, where you're kind of getting yeah. in and out of cars, fighting a little bit along the way. I quite, I quite liked it. There's, there's the bridge bit, which I found very difficult. I kept fucking that up, where you're getting attacked and the bridge is collapsing at the same time. I found like I oh really yeah, bad. I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. This is also where we have the the fight. Well, obviously, Alan does explain the fact that he has to go back to the cabin because Barry sort of says, like, why don't you just write all of that stuff right right here? And he says, oh, the last page is still in the typewriter, so I have to go there and physically do this sort of thing. Uh, right, this is okay. where we have that destruction derby thing that you we've already discussed that was, mm-hmm. I found, very difficult. I basically, yeah, I just got ping-ponged around. Yeah, absolutely. They do like a sort of a cinematic... Uh, feeling of danger towards the end of this where like train carriages and massive cars are getting flung at you out of the sky but I don't think any of that can actually kill you it's more just a sort of nah they they do that a few times throughout the game Mm. so it's like steel girders train cars like different stuff smashing down around you and I I just ended up feeling like oh the dark entity's aim is terrible because they have tried this so many times and they keep missing. Yeah, I they did think that as well. Like, if they had done that once or twice, it maybe would have been more effective, but they did it like they did it a few times to the point that I was just like, oh, well. It's almost of a relief. It's like, well, there's no... Uh, this is better than being attacked Nothing's, by guys yeah. that can actually kill me. Yeah. This feels like a downtime. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just I'll just enjoy laughing at fucking trains coming out of the sky. <laughs> um, But yeah, we... Uh, we eventually get back to the to the cabin. Alan, uh, as we just said earlier, he walks in, finds Cynthia in there, shoves the clicker straight into her heart hole, presses it, kills her. He then says he can feel Alice's presence nearby and he knows the ending of departure. Um, and then he says that there always needs to be balance in a story. There always has to be a price to pay. So he basically dives into the lake to sacrifice himself to allow Alice to to climb out and traps himself in there in the process. She quite, is that the section where you're sort of following shadows about watching yourself do things i think so yeah is that what happens yeah i quite enjoyed that basically seeing actually oh, how things happen that's that's quite a bit earlier i think it's one of the earlier chapters okay. yeah you're like you're like a first person camera kind of floating around aren't you that's quite yes. a cool bit yeah you're absolutely right yeah. but no this is just the bit where yeah you just see alice kind of swim out to the shore and then asks where alan is and he's he gone buddy and if you just played the main game that is effectively the end for you. That's how the game ends. We don't know where Alan is, but it it turns out that he actually did just remain in the dark place, which has sort of manifests itself as this like bizarro version of Bright Falls, where you everyone's talking weird at the start. Um, he gets in the first part. He gets directed by Zane to follow a phone signal, um, which again I didn't understand what that was until I realised it's probably just. The little radar dot is the phone signal because it never made any noise or anything. Right, okay. I kept thinking it's yeah. telling me to follow something. I don't know how to follow, but there yeah, we go. That makes sense. Um, we get a lot of stuff to do with like TVs. There's lots of TVs around everywhere with this like crazy version of Alan just losing the plot and being really negative. So like, Which oh, is Alan scratch, was never right? going to escape. Um, 
I don't think so. I think it's this other version of Alan that's still controlling the darkness that's like lying in the cabin at the end that you merge right, and merges okay. together with him. We've talked about the blast furnace room and all that kind of stuff and how both these episodes focus on like shining lights on stuff like words that say recharge or ammo and stuff like that to get your extra ammo or extra inventory stuff, which is a really cool idea. Um, at the end of it, it has like something of a boss battle. You fight basically TV, like stacks of TVs. Like a yeah. really angry, yeah, disgruntled Curry's customer from the nineties, or whatever, just getting pissed. Yeah, off I just I was just running up to him and dropping flares. But yeah, that would do it. And running away. Yeah, he destroys the TVs. He remains trapped, and then in the second DLC, the writer Alan discovers that this crazy Alan guy is still controlling the dark, the dark place. So he needs to confront him to free himself. I spoke earlier about the this the weird spinning maze of the lighthouse. And then just like shining through all those rocks to kill the dudes. And then the final boss for that is like this weird illusion of Barry that has a bunch of mates that try and attack you at the same time. After you've done that, you just he just finally gets to the cabin and joins, like merges together with the crazy Alan lying down to then start writing the the book called Return, sorry, which yeah. we believe will be Alan Wake 2. Yeah, and I can, oh. Which I'm so hyped Even for. Even I, it was already my one of my most anticipated games of the year, and now that we've played through Alan Wake One, it is gone up even more. Even if that was possible, yeah, I, I've thought even before we played this. I think I've been saying it to you all year that everything I've seen about Alan Wake Two just looks awesome. And now, now, now that I'm invested in the story even more than I was before, so ready for this game to come out. Totally. We've had a lot of fun this year playing like older games of real quality, mm-hmm. but outside of that, this has been an incredible year for video games. The, the, the shit yeah, that's come out yeah. this year is like ridiculous. It's been one of the best years in ages. Mm-hmm. I, mean, we, I mean, we had a new Zelda this year, for fuck's sake. Uh, we've... Yeah, forget that. I think a lot of people have forgotten that we've had a new Zelda this year. Yeah, and we've still got loads of good stuff to come, including mm-hmm. Alan Wake 2, which will be coming very be soon. And Mario before that. And Mario, yeah. Which and is up next, next yeah. right? Yeah. We're going to, well, we're going to wait and see. Alex, I haven't checked my emails, but Alex says it's on our on our way to us. So if it gets delivered before Alex goes on holiday, the next game we'll be doing is Mario. Mm-hmm. May even not be. Maybe we can just, we'll just chat about it. Well, we should probably just chat about it right now. We'll just, we'll just say it now. We're going to do Mario next. Yeah. And then we'll move on to Alan 2 after that. Yeah, it's gonna, Mario Wonder is going to be an easier game to get through, I think, nice and quick than, yeah. than Alan Wake 2. That's going to take some yeah. effort. So if you're wanting to play along with us next time on the next podcast, pick up Mario Wonder because that's going to be the next game to listen. And then after that, we're going to be getting knee-deep into Alan Wake 2 and having a great old time finding out what Scratch has been up to. And If, if Alan Wake's going to get out, I suspect this one's going to sell well, so we'll get a third. Maybe. I hope so. And then... yeah. Or we Things get another control that links that. it together and maybe they're both yeah. in it at that point. And I suppose that brings us to the end of another episode of the Winners You podcast. If you liked what you heard and even if you didn't, why don't you give our numbers a bump by subscribing to our podcast on your podcast feed of choice? Or if you prefer to imbibe your podcast in a visual format, you can head over onto YouTube and search our Winners You podcast where you subscribe to our YouTube channel. If the podcast isn't enough for your bi-weekly, and it's now weekly to be fair, dose of our yeah. you chattery, you can also follow us on 
the website formerly known as Twitter, a winner is you pod. And you can even send us an email and tell us how wrong we are about our gaming opinions by writing to a winner is you pod at gmail.com. Alex and I also have formerly Twitter at David Smiley one and at SuperThrillix. We also have TikTok now. Find us on TikTok by searching a winner is you pod and we'll pop up. And on that bombshell, I've been David, he has been Alex, we have been a winner as you. And I'm out. Keep gaming. It's not just a keep gaming, it's a... (laughs) It's a keep gaming ocean? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.